Will Aaron Rodgers send the quarterback selections tonight into a tailspin? How will one interconference trade shake up mid-round wide receiver ADP? And will one half of the defending champs of the Pros vs. Joes competition put on a show in tonight's festivities? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our analysis as we call the action from the 2021 Pros vs. Joes jacked up on Mountain Dew League number four to see who's going to win a 2022 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, He is Farrell Elliott. Tonight, we have the fourth of six extra special episodes for you this year. It's the 2021 FFPC Pros vs. Joes jacked up on Mountain Dew League number four draft tonight. We will be covering it for two full hours. You can follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. Shout out to the chat room right now. We got a bunch of great guys in there. Great guys uh, who are are good, who love them, nothing but good thoughts and feelings towards the FFPC. So post the questions you might have in there. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Farrell is at J. Farrell Elliott. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us. If you want to chime in and talk with us, please give us a ring at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show up at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now's the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails throughout the show tonight, thanks to our producer and mutual friend, Rob, and, of course, audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce. Uh, let's get to the lineup tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, Leading things off from the one spot, David Strumeyer, the FFPC Joe, leading things off tonight at the 101. Big guy fantasy sports, Bob Long right after that, the two, uh, the pro in the two spot. John Kleinfelter and Dave Beyer are drafting in the three-hole, Todd Burroughs. Cleaning things up from the Run to Daylight podcast in the four hole. One half of the defending champs of the Pros vs. Joe's competition from last year. Hudson Reeve is fifth. Sports Grid's Davis Maddox selecting sixth tonight. Uh, Danny Mueller, a best ball extraordinaire, FFPC Joe, is drafting seventh. NBC Sports Edge's own Pat Corain is picking eighth, followed by the FFPC Joe, Richie Nishura at the ninth spot. 
FTN Fantasy's Jeff Radcliffe in the 10-hole, followed by the father and son team of Robert and Robbie Russell at the 11-hole, and then Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros picking 12. As a reminder, before we get to the uh, pick-by-pick analysis, uh, tomorrow is indeed the deadline day for the 2021 FFPC main event early draft slot announcement. When you pay for your team in full, you'll get your draft slot on August 1st. You have until midnight Pacific time to get that taken care of tomorrow. And remember, if you already have a team, you'll get $400 off each additional team that you add on to your account. So square those balances away and pick up more main event teams uh, to take advantage of that promo at myffpc.com. Let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. We are one round in, and uh, here's how it went down. Christian McCaffrey in the 101 to Strumeyer. Now, Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports takes Ezekiel Elliott in the two spot tonight. Not the first time we've seen this in pros versus Joes. We saw him, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, go number two overall. Um, I believe it was last Monday he went second overall. Um, so it's not the first time we're seeing that surprise. Elliott goes at the 102 tonight. Dalvin Cook at the 103 to uh, Kleinfelter and Bayer. Travis Kelsey, the first tight end off the board to Todd Burrows, who's done a million of these best ball slims, so he knows what's going on. Alvin Kamara uh, to uh, Hudson Reeve here at the 105. Uh, we'll get into some Alvin Kamara uh, chatter uh, tonight, too, as well, when we get into the Saints. Tyreek Hill, the first and only receiver to be selected in the first round. Davis Maddock takes him at the 106, followed by Austin Eckler to Danny Mueller at the 107. Darren Waller, no stranger to the first round as he goes once again in the first round tonight. Second tight end off the board to Pat Corain at 108. And then a bunch of running backs here uh, in the, uh, to, to finish off the first round. Derrick Henry at 109 uh, to Richie Nishura. Jeff Ratcliffe takes Saquon Barkley at 110. Najee Harris, a uh, bit of a surprise there at the 111 to Robert and Robbie Russell and Jonathan Taylor to Mike Taglier at the 112. I want to welcome in the KFFSC commissioner now. Uh, Kamesh Farrell-Elliott, I would love to hear your analysis on the first round. Saw some surprises here. Ezekiel Elliott once again at the 102. We see Tyree Kill off the board at the 106. Derrick Henry falls to 109. And then Najee Harris at the 111. What stands out to you as you look at this first round here tonight, Kamesh? Uh, with the news, Balky, and happy Sunday to you. With the news of Michael Thomas this week, I would have expected Alvin Kamara to go much earlier in this draft. Guaranteed 80 catches no matter what. Alvin Kamara would be my second running back. So Hudson Curran-Reeve, uh, what, what do we call him about the show? He is the mascot of the show or something like that. Yeah, but basically, yeah. Yeah, well, nevertheless, he comes in and he I think he has uh, picked everyone's pocket. It's encouraging to see a wide receiver continuing to move up the board. That's what Kentucky's made of, wide receivers. And here we see Tyree Kill going at the sixth spot. Uh, Darren Waller, I was looking back over some of my early drafts, and I was getting Darren Waller early in the second round. I think his place is now secure in all formats um, as a first-round draft pick. So, yes, it's, it's – uh, it's uh, the same cast of characters. The deck is shuffled a little bit differently. Uh, Alvin Kamara is the big steal of the first round for me personally. Yeah, I think you're right with that. I mean, Alvin Kamara normally going at the 104, but again, like you pointed out, Farrell, this was prior over over um, the, the last three days ADP um, for FFPC Best Ball Slim Drafts, which, by the way, shout out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who we always cite 
Um, we cite his data as far as ADP and FFPC data goes on the show. And if you want to have access to this data, it's a super inexpensive uh, membership over at fantasymojo.com. If you play in the FFPC, you want to get all the data you can from there and there. Um, Alvin Kamara, 104 on average. Ezekiel Elliott, I guess, by the numbers, you could say that uh, he was the biggest surprise. He has an ADP of 107. He goes five picks earlier than that <clears throat> to Bob Lung. Saquon Barkley, I guess, this is just where he's going now. Barkley at the 111 on average. He goes the 110 tonight. And Najee Harris, I guess we can talk about him a little bit, Farrell, but um, he normally goes at the 205. Robert and Robbie Russell, if you remember from last year, they had the first overall pick in pros versus Joes, and they shocked the world. Um, Robbie Russell said, like, look, we're taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire, number one. They did. Uh, it didn't work out, but, you know, people who took McCaffrey 101 last year, it didn't exactly work out for them either. But once again, the Russells mixing it up here. Uh, Harris goes about a half round earlier tonight, and Elliott to Lung a half round earlier tonight as well. And, you know, in, in Saquon Barkley's um, case, I sure would like to see him uh, return to the field in, in full health. Uh, you know, he was interviewed. One of the things that, that his expression on his face and his body language doesn't suggest that there's been – a, a firm timeline planted for his return. I think it's a wait-and-see situation, so that's a lot of risk. Najee Harris is who you want to talk about, Balky, and this drafter says, I have to have him. Who is that? That's Yeah, that's Robert and Robbie. That's, they want to have their Najee Harris. You cannot fault them for it. There's a lot of questions to still be answered in Pittsburgh, but when you have a wide receiver core with so much talent that does – different things and does all of them well. And you have a quarterback returning of, of Roethlisberger's pedigree. You would, you would have to think that the running back is, is so um, explosive in both the passing and the rushing game that fantasy points will be uh, uh, rewarded to him and will be coming to drafters of Najee Harris. I have no complaints with Harris, no complaints with any of these players taken anywhere in this draft. Uh, let's move on to the second round here. George Kittle is the first uh, pick off this uh, off the board in the second round. Kittle goes to Tagliere here to go with Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb is the other running back selected by the Russells. By the way, um, three uh, beg your pardon, four teams go with uh, running back, running back starts tonight. We'll tell you all about it as we move through the second round. Stephon Diggs is Jeff Ratcliffe's second round pick. He gets him at the 203 to go with Saquon Barkley. Richie Nishura grabs Aaron Jones, the Packers rusher, to go with Derrick Henry. So he starts off running back, running back as well. Uh, Antonio Gibson off the board there to Pat Corain, followed by DeAndre Hopkins to Danny Mueller. So Mueller not concerned with the deleted tweet of Hopkins potentially mulling retirement over the vaccine protocols in the NFL. Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes to Davis Maddock in the second round. Back-to-back Chiefs, he starts his draft off with Tyreek Hill and Clyde Edwards-Elair, and then uh, Joe Mixon goes to um, uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, one half of the defending overall champs of pros versus Joe's. By the way, blessed to have uh, BipLab Mandel in the chat room tonight on the Blog Talk radio feed. Uh, BipLab and Hudson won this whole thing last year as FFPC Joe's. They uh, deviated this year and drafted their own teams. BipLab drafted last week and uh, Hudson drafting tonight. So we will see if BipLab is offering any smack talk in the uh, in the chat room on Hudson Reed's picks tonight could happen. Joe Mixon to Reed, Calvin Ridley to Todd Burrows here as Todd starts off with tight end receiver Devonte Adams to Kleinfelter and Buyer here uh, with the um, uh, two ten pick 
David Montgomery to Bob Long as he starts off running back, running back Justin Jefferson, the final selection of the uh, second round here tonight in PVJ number four. Terrell, something I want to point out <clears throat> to the listeners here. Todd Burrows, who has his podcast, Run to Daylight, you follow him on Twitter at uh, NFL uh, Best Ball NFL. Um, you, you look at what he did. There's always sort of this um, um, belief that you have to get running backs early in a best ball format because you don't have the luxury of going zero RB where you can just pick somebody up off the waiver wire. Um, these are slim drafts. And um, if you don't get the touches early, you're really going to have to hit and get lucky on some running backs late. What he did here, he avoided the position in the first two rounds. He was the only team in this draft not to take a running back in the first, uh, first two rounds. Do you, does that strike you as strange, that, that he, a guy who's done so many of these would go against the grain and not take a running back at all? Uh, no. Um, there is going to be one contrarian drafter that thinks he can get value with elite wide receivers, and I'm not going to argue with him. I love so many receivers in this National Football League and available in this slim format through from the 6th, 7th, 8th round on down as we move towards double digits. So that would not be my strategy. Uh, however, I look at this second round. I see where uh, David uh, Strumeyer uh, in the number one position that David put together with Christian McCaffrey and uh, Justin Jefferson, and I will hold to I can see his third-round pick, and I'll hold for you to announce that. But I love what he's doing there with his two wide receivers to start. But, yeah, a lot of green uh, stickers on the board through the first two rounds. Uh, I would like to have – I would probably go one and one here. But, you know, Falky, we're talking about this slim format. I revisited my two slim teams that I have from preseason – are from pre-pros versus Joes, and I compared them to some of the pros versus Joes drafters, and I came up very disappointed uh, with, with some mm. of these teams that are being put together today. So uh, yeah, let's see what, let's see how the tale tells itself out. But I uh, I think third round, which is normally a wide receiver round, we'll, we'll probably see a big bang for the, all these uh, green sticker teams. Um, yeah, and we did see a lot of receivers go off in the third round here again. By the way, Todd Burroughs chiming in in the Blog Talk radio chat room said, like, he didn't plan on, you know, not taking a running back in, in the first two rounds. But Travis Kelsey, he didn't expect him to be there. He drafted him at the 104. And then in the, in the second round, he said all the running backs he wanted, Mixon, Clyde Woods, Lair, Gibson, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, they all went ahead of him in the second round. So he took wow. Alvin Ridley there. So it was just it was a case of, you know, look, you don't necessarily set out to construct a team a certain way, but you have to look at value and you have to look at the players out there. And oftentimes in the FFPC, the drafts don't go the way that you think they're going to go. And it's the teams that pivot best off that, like Todd Burroughs, that really reap the benefits at the end of the year. In the third round, David Strumeyer, you teased this pick, Farrell. A.J. Brown, uh, he goes off the board at the 301. So now he has two receivers on that squad to go with McCaffrey. J.K. Dobbins, Bob Lung is the only team to go with three straight running backs to start off the draft, Elliott, Montgomery, and now J.K. Dobbins. A.J., J.K., and now D.K. in the third round. D.K. Metcalf to um, John Kleinfelter and Dave Byer. DeAndre Swift uh, is the first running back selected by Todd Burroughs tonight at the 304. Kyle Pitts, tight end four tonight. He is the number one tight end drafted by Hudson Kern-Reeve here at the 305. Bunch of receivers after this. C.D. Lamb to Davis Maddock. Keenan Allen to Danny Mueller. 
Allen Robinson to Pat Perrine, Terry McLaurin to Richie Nishura, Amari Cooper to Jeff Radcliffe, and then Mike Evans to Robert and Robbie Russell as the penultimate pick of the third round. Finishing things off is Mike Tagliere taking Chris Carson with the final selection of the third round today as we move forward into the fourth. Before we get there, Farrell, why don't you tell us a little bit about why that A.J. Brown pick made a lot of sense for the David Strumeyer uh, team setup in the one hole tonight. Well, it's just two of my favorite receivers, and when you can put them on a team and match them with McCaffrey, now you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood and the potential of 300 catches before you start figuring in what McCaffrey does on, on the ground. So I think in a best ball, uh, our drafter Dave is off and running here. And uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve with Kyle Pitts, uh, I would have possibly waited, taken one of those elite receivers, and tried to hang on for a tight end. Don't have anything against Pitts, but, boy, those names that followed up Kyle Pitts are very, very impressive to me, and I'd like to have them uh, as a number one receiver on my club. Nabalki, um, what do you think? about uh, number two team, uh, Bob Lung, who's coming in with the three running backs. Uh, Montgomery a little high, but, uh, you know, this this format is go and get your guys. Uh, there's a lot of uh, top wide receiver players uh, that are off the board now, big, big players. Uh, I wonder who he can catch coming back in the fourth round. You know, David Montgomery is a player that normally gets selected in this format, Farrell, at the end of the third. Bob took him at the end of the second here tonight, uh, which is which is pretty interesting that he gets a guy in J.K. Dobbins who, on average, goes ahead of David Montgomery. He gets J.K. Dobbins uh, to lead things off in the third round. So I thought that was interesting. We're seeing more of a traditional build there. I think that David Montgomery, once again, has become a polarizing player. We saw what he could do last year when given the opportunity. Um, but at the same time, this year they bring in Damian Williams, Tariq Cohen coming off the injury. Say what you will about him, how he's limping around and not looking all that great yet. But he, he, the presence of him uh, is going to be a hindrance at some point, you would think, to David Montgomery this year. So obviously Bob believes in, in David Montgomery. And uh, if you want to talk about that pick, Bob, or anybody else, remember 347-426-3682 is where you can reach the show. Tell us what you think about the draft as it is going on tonight. We, you know what? I'm going to hold off on on the um, uh, on the Patrick Mahomes conversation for just a little bit since he went in the fourth round tonight. But I will tell you that according to Bitblad Mandel in the chat room, uh, he says that uh, Hudson Reeve worships Kyle Pitts and has been getting him everywhere. So he loves, <laughs> no surprise there, that uh, that Hudson takes um, Kyle Pitts there in the third round, knowing that he's probably not going to get back to him uh, in the fourth round. And it just makes sense. Like this is a total get your guys draft. If you believe in these players, you know that the, um, you know, how aggressive and, and how talented all these other drafters are, you know you're going to get one shot at these guys, and, and you got to make it happen because if you don't, you're not going to get a second shot here. Um, Big-time receiver run here in the uh, third round. We, we talked a little bit about that um, over the last couple of drafts. We've seen a lot of receivers go off in the third round here. Only three running backs in the one tight end was indeed Kyle Pitts to Reeve. Let's move on to the fourth round here and talk a little bit about what we are, what we are seeing. Um, Julio Jones, uh, the other Titans receiver, goes off the board at the 401 to Mike Taglier. That's Taglier's first receiver selected tonight. Uh, Robert Woods, the number two receiver for the Russells um, at the 402 tonight. TJ Hawkinson starting at tight end for Jeff Radcliffe, followed by Josh Jacobs at the 404 
That is Richie Nashua's third running back. He now owns Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs in this specific draft. DJ Moore to Pat Corain from NBC Sports Edge. That's his number two receiver to go along with Allen Robinson. Uh, the second tight end off the board tonight to uh, da- uh, in the fourth round, beg your pardon, to Danny Mueller. So Mueller, a guy who does a lot of these, Farrell, goes Eckler, Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Mark Andrews. That is his construction so far. He gets Andrews as the sixth tight end selected. Uh, Davis Maddock takes Chris Godwin here to, as his number three receiver. So Maddock obviously building a heavy uh, early wide receiver team. Um, we're seeing that with one other FFPC Joe squad that I'll get to in a little bit. Patrick Mahomes now to Hudson Reeve uh, with the um, uh, 408 tonight. Miles Sanders to Todd Burrows. Cooper Cup, third straight receiver drafted by Fester. That is uh, John Kleinfelter and his co-manager, Dave Byer. Dallas Goddard off the board to Bob Long. As the number seven tight end and the uh, final tight end selected in the fourth round. And good old reliable Mike Davis goes at the 412 tonight to David Strumeyer. Farrell, the thing I wanted to point out to you is something that Shane Hallam, who actually drafted in this competition a week ago, uh, pointed out in the chat room tonight. Um, after Davis Maddox starts off with Tyreek Hill and Clyde Edwards Alaire, you would think um, a reasonable pick to you know, keep that Chiefs train going, keep that Chiefs stack running, is to take Patrick Mahomes. Uh, in the third round. Now, he passes on him in the third to take C.D. Lamb. He has the opportunity because Mahomes makes it all the way back to him in the fourth round. He passes on him there, and Hudson Reeve scoops Mahomes up with the, with the very next pick. In a league where only first place will get that 2022 FFPC main event and second place gets nothing, uh, what, what do you make of Davis Maddock ignoring, I don't want to say ignoring, but choosing to go with Godwin in the fourth as opposed to Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, he uh, skipped him in the third, and I can make a case for that, not in the fourth. I I would have loved to have had Mahomes, just, and, and that would have probably started even a quicker uh, quarterback run. When you can stack those three players together, uh, that's pretty impressive. I like, from a stack standpoint, what our friend Danny Mueller's doing uh, with the Charger players, uh, all four of his players, Eckler, Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and, and now tied in Andrews, um, impressive players for me. And I can see where he's going with that build. Uh, team number nine, Richie, uh, I am impressed with, with all these players that he's putting together. But in this format, the running backs, Henry, Aaron Jones, and Josh Jacobs, there's just not enough pass catchers amongst those three running backs for me to get excited about the build of putting uh, the, those three players, uh, those three running backs together. Um, one of the things that the chat room is pointing out to me, too, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, Bob Lum, who writes the uh, Fantasy Football Consistency Guide every single year and, and has been nominated for Best Fantasy Football Publication in each of the last four years, um, I, I think that he follows sort of consistency prior to, or, you know, over, let's say, draft trends or draft ADP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to go and get his guys, and I think that explains a lot what we see with the David Montgomery pick there in, in the in the second round. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out in the fourth round, Farrell, uh, between Hawkinson and Andrews, uh, Hawkinson to Ratcliffe and Mueller uh, gets Andrews there. Do you have a preference between those two players? If you were drafting in a football guys draft or an FFPC main event, anything like that, do you have a preference on either Hawkinson or Andrews, which tight end you like better? Yeah, both players are very good players. I am an Andrews guy because I believe that this player played well last year despite all the adversity that he had to deal with, especially related with the COVID 
and his underlying issues of health anyway. Uh, Hawkinson is a bigger mystery. He's going to be a good target, a new quarterback, new coaches, a lot of uncertainty. We know what Baltimore wants to do. Last year they threw the ball to Andrews uh, 89 times, about 25% of Lamar Jackson's total passes went to Andrews. Lamar will pass more this year, and he'll pass more to Andrews. And so, yeah, the Andrews would be my guy in this spot, just just on uh, a volume of lo- alone and his importance to that offense. I uh, should mention, too, Bipla Mandel talking about um, how he believes Todd Burroughs is off to a very hot start here uh, with getting great value on Miles Sanders here as the 20th running back uh, off the board tonight. Todd gets him in the fourth round as the uh, 409 pick, I believe. Yeah, 409 tonight mm-hmm. for Miles Sanders. And just looking at where he normally goes, he does normally go at the 407 at running back 19. So, I'll, you know, maybe a little bit of a value there, but the fact that Todd started off with Kelsey and Ridley still was able to uh, square away those two running backs there in the third and fourth certainly is going to help his team uh, go very, very far in this competition. Let's go out to the 330 right now. We'll take a phone call on the high stakes fantasy football hour. You got Balky and Farrell. Who do we have? It's Bob Lung. How you doing, guys? Bob Lung, the uh, fantasy FSWA nominated uh, best fantasy football publication writer, scribe over the last four years. So, Bob, in the, in the second hole tonight, well, uh, let's just go through your draft because I, I think this is interesting stuff. We saw, and I can't remember who it was, um, took Ezekiel Elliott at the 102. I believe it was another pro last week taking Ezekiel Elliott at the 102. A lot of people in the FFPC would have taken Dalvin Cook or Travis Kelsey, even Alvin Kamara there after the Michael Thomas news. What made Elliott the choice for you there? Uh, well, interestingly enough, it's my very good friend, Jeremy Broward, who I spent all day yesterday That's with in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and we were talking about the fact that him and I both had the number two pick, and he said he took Zeke. And I said, yeah, I get that. I go, you know, Zeke for three straight years was over 90% consistent um, and is, was always one of the top three picks. He had a down year with Prescott getting hurt. There's no reason to believe he can't come back to the, being one of those top three guys. And you know, again, you know, you could, you definitely just, uh, you know, uh, splitting hairs between him and Calvin Cook and Kamara and, you know, but they're all going to get their, their, their numbers. And I just felt like um, I, I was going to take that. I was going to go with Zeke there just for the more, uh, you know, uh, definite consistency. I mean, there's still, there's some question marks in New Orleans with Michael Thomas now going out. Yeah, you could say Kamara's going to get the ball more, but who's also to say that the defenses aren't going to put two guys on Kamara every time he comes out of the backfield because he's the only problem that they're going to really have on offense. So I just felt like Zeke was a, was a, a, a more secure, more consistent pick. But, again, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with anybody if they said Dalvin Cook and Kamara was a, pick, a good pick there as well. Hey, Bob, you know, one of the things that I always try to do is, is in these drafts is not pay more than it's worth. But at the same time, I want to go get my guys. And we talked about right. your second-round pick, David Montgomery. Uh, Dallas Goddard, um, there's several questions I have about the Eagles this year. Uh, the quarterback's uh, maturation, how he's going to play in the designed offense. But Goddard is, uh, Goddard is, is quite a, a target at tight end, but uh, Zach Ertz is still there. Is there any hesitancy that, that – pulling the trigger on tight end or did you want to get your guy 
before it fell to what fantasy footballers might call the next tier. How about the fact that I just ran out of time and I didn't get to get, get make my pick in time? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been there, bro. Let, let, let me just be honest with you. I didn't want to draft Dallas Goddard, but I'm not going to be that guy who's like, hey, you know. So I was just like, okay, fine, I'll take him. He, he'll be solid. You know, I, I'm not worried about him as a player. Um, I've got other, uh, you know, good, consistent tight ends that I'll add to him. I think that if Zach Hurts can leave town and go to Indy, I think that would be a great idea, uh, which would make Dallas Goddard <laughs> worth even more. Uh, and that's what I'm hoping for, like a lot of other people. Um, you know, so like I said, I'm just kind of out there trying to, uh, you know, get – get consistent players. Um, you know, I went three running backs because I love David Montgomery and Dobbins. I mean, both of them last year in the second half of the year were over 80% consistent. Uh, when you add that to Zeke's 90-plus that he should hit, I mean, that's a hell of a trio to start with. You know, I've got some work to do at, at wide receiver, but I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of value out there and consistency for them as well. I agree. Um, you know, I just took Juju Smith-Schuster at 6'11". Um, you know, he's still, I think, the main guy in Pittsburgh. But, you know, he did pretty well last year, even with, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson there. You know, Big Ben's looking healthy and slimmer and should be a better year for him. And, man, that AFC North, everybody's going to have to throw the ball a lot to uh, score points because there's a lot of high-powered offenses in that division. Hey, and you're coming around the corner on the clock again. Yeah, so, um, um, you know, again – uh, as it's kind of coming up to be my pick next, I'm probably going to go with another wide receiver just because obviously I don't have any, or I have just one, uh, <laughs> and a guy that I like, and I'll assume that uh, the other guy's not. Uh, oh well, I'll wait for him to pick, but because um, you know he may be listening, but I doubt it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, you know the the key here for me now is to really, you know, the other person I I wanted and got was Kyler Murray. Um, I wanted either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. And when Mahomes went and then Josh went right before me, um, I almost waited to go get my quarterback. But as you can see, uh, you know, Jackson, Herbert, and Prescott have all went. He never would have made it back. So, um, all right. So, yeah, so I'm up. So I'm going Tyler Boyd here. Again, a very solid, um, you know, he's the 1A, B, or C, wherever you, whatever you want to call it for Cincinnati. They're going to have to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game to keep up. Um, and so I feel like Tyler Boyd can easily match last year's numbers, which is perfectly fine to get him in the seventh round. Uh, I'm very happy about that. I think we may have lost Balky, but I'll, I'll tell you this, Bob. With 90-plus uh, catches from Juju Smith-Schuster and 80-plus perhaps from Tyler Boyd, you might be curing your wide receivers' issues very quickly. Yeah, like I said, I think there's a lot of good value wide receivers still sitting out there that I'll, I'll pick up later um, that I have in my guide under, like, undervalued receivers that I think have potential to get a lot of opportunity this year. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, that's kind of how I've been doing a lot of my drafts so far this year, kind of going with the consistent running backs in the first three rounds if I can get them. If, if You know, it just depends where I'm drafting from. A lot of times it doesn't fall into place like that. But um, in this draft, I felt like, like I said, I, I love Montgomery and Dobbins this year. I, both, I think they're both going to be uh, just so so good, so consistent, uh, very good players. Uh, you know, they you know um, both of their offenses are going to have to you know use them as they did. And like I said, the second half last year showed 
that when they're given the opportunity, they performed and performed very well in this scoring method, a PPR scoring method. And like you said, to get all three of them, you know, I could have went wide receivers, but I just feel like, you know, once you get past round four, you, you really are starting to grasp at straws when it comes to wide res- or to running backs. And I didn't, and yeah, I didn't want to be in that situation. They're they're just not there, and you can yeah. you can have a imagination, and you can say I can see this guy doing better, right. but you're projected towards results that have not been present in these players' career. I'm a big right. Raheem Mostert fan, and I, I love oh, having yeah, Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. on on my team. But you know we can't get him past 151 carries. That's his high water mark uh, <laughs> for his either. career. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's it's the thing, you know. Hey, guys, um, my apologies. I think I'm, I'm back now. I had, I had some uh, connection issues. Bob, um, we know we can get the uh, 2021 edition of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide on Amazon.com. We obviously right. will uh, all check out Big Guy Fantasy Sports as well. But one of the things whenever we have our, our conversation on this show every year, one of the things I don't think we talk about enough is the Fantasy Football Expo. What can you tell us about, oh, yeah. bit, uh, what can you tell us about that? Oh man! So yeah, this year. So we did this two years ago, and I think Farrell, you were uh, didn't you were in, involved in that? Didn't you come up or, or have? Or no, sir. But you? I was I was in Cincinnati drafting in the KFFFC, and I, but I am That's thrilled right. to know that you guys have an expo right up the road. Next year's next. Yeah. So um, so yeah, we did it two years ago in 2019, and we had about 75 people. It was a nice start. It was our first year. This year, we are getting close to 400 people coming in. Wow. And, I mean, we're talking from Mexico, Hawaii, Texas, California, Oregon, uh, you name it, man. They're, they're coming from all over the place. And I am just so excited. The, community, the fantasy community is all getting together. It's going to be one big drafting, party, drinking. Uh, our, so many livers will be shot that week, and I can't even believe <laughs> Bob, it, I know it's going to be a fun time, obviously, at, yeah. at the uh, the Fantasy Football Expo coming up. And by the way, for more information on that, go to the FantasyFootballExpo.com, held August 15th from 10 until 4 Eastern time that day. Check out Bob's work at BigGuyFantasySports.com. Don't forget to get the consistency guide at Amazon.com. Uh, and follow Bob on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Bob, it is always a pleasure to have you on and uh, look Thanks, forward guys. to uh, to to uh, talking with you again. Good luck in all your leagues this season, man. Thanks, guys. You too, and talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. You got it. Bob Lung, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, consistency guy, um, which I, I think has proven fruitful in, in many drafts over the years, Farrell. We talk about team construction. We talk about sleepers and breakouts and and everything like that, and always trying to swing for a home run. Well, sometimes it's it's as easy as just looking back on the last few years and saying, you know what, this guy's probably being undervalued because he doesn't have that sexy ceiling that a lot of these other guys have. And guys like David Montgomery, guys like you know um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, these are the types of players sometimes that can carry you to a victory. Exactly, and you know he <laughs> he was honest about the Goddard pick. Uh, which would have been available to him later. But who's to say that Goddard uh, can't move um, into this area of receptions and or even past and compete with Andrews and Hawkinson once Ertz moves on? Let's catch up here a little bit and get into the quarterback round, which was round five here so far. We already saw Mahomes go off the board in the fourth. Oftentimes when you see something like that happen, the other quarterbacks are not far behind. 
as it was tonight. Josh Allen at the 501 to David Strumeyer. Kyle Murray right after that to the aforementioned Bob Lung. You have Miles Gaskin going off the board as a second running back drafted by Kleinfelter and Bayer Lamar Jackson, the third quarterback drafted in the first four picks of the fifth round to Todd Burroughs. Another huge receiver run. We saw one in the third round. Here's another one in the fifth round. Jamar Chase to Reeve, Tyler Lockett to Maddock, T. Higgins to Mueller, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk to Pat Corain, Adam Thielen to Nishura, and Deontay Johnson to Jeff Radcliffe as his uh, number three receiver. Um, Noah Fant and Daryl Henderson complete the fifth round tonight. Farrell, once again, Daryl Henderson going at the end of the fifth round. And, and I think one of the things I noticed well, from this weekend and even drafts last week um, after the Cam Akers injury, I did see the mid-stakes guys, the football guys, players championship, high-stakes players. They, they were pushing Henderson up uh, into that middle of the fourth round area where we thought he would go. Um, but it, it just it doesn't seem to be taking him pros versus Joes. He's still being a mid to late fifth round pick here. And he's the ideal player at that at, in this format. He's a pass catching back with a whole lot of responsibility, and he's going to get that opportunity. And uh, yeah, I, I I like this player uh, better than uh, Mike Davis. I like this player uh, for certain teams um, better than some of the fourth round picks that went at receiver. I could have waited and got a similar receiver and uh, locked up Henderson on my, uh, as my fourth-round pick, which is what I would have done. Moving on into the sixth round, ladies and gentlemen, the 601, Odell Beckham to Mike Tagliari, followed by Dak Prescott. The Cowboys quarterback goes to the Wild Wild Russells here at the uh, second pick of the sixth round. Kenny Galladay to Jeff Ratcliffe as his number four receiver. Kareem Hunt is the number four running back taken by Richie Nishura here in the nine-hole. Chase Claypool, the fourth straight receiver drafted by Pat Corain after he begins his draft with Waller and Gibson. Then you have Justin Herbert to Danny Mueller. Uh, Javante Williams to Davis Maddock. Travis Etienne, back-to-back rookie running backs. Etienne goes to Hudson Reeve here at the 608. Chase Edmonds after that, the third running back selected by Todd Burroughs. Logan Thomas to uh, uh, Kleinfelder and Bayer, followed by Juju Smith-Schuster. You heard that pick right here on the show. And then James Robinson off the board at the 6-12. So I think a couple of things I want to point out in this round, uh, Farrell. Travis Etienne has an ADP of 503 in this format. Hudson Reeve getting him in the sixth round is fantastic value. Uh, mm-hmm. James Robinson has an ADP of 704. He goes off the board at the 6-12 tonight, which I, you know, I, I guess is, is kind of uh, an early pick, but not really when you're considering um, how close they are and how deep we are in the draft. Carol, I think this is the closest I've seen ETN go to Robinson since ETN was drafted by the Jaguars. Well, yeah, it's close as I have, too. And maybe, just maybe, these guys are listening to us. I doubt it, though. But, you know, we're, we're talking about how we can't separate the players in, in production and how I would like to have both the players. And uh, we're close to making that happen if we got down closer to the end of the sixth round at the turn. Uh, you know, I'd like to take a look uh, at uh, – at David's uh, first round, uh, the first pick of the seventh round, which I, I, if permission, I'll tease that one again, Balky. That's Tyler Higby, and I moved back to John's team at, at number three, and, and it's a very impressive team. I would like to know from him in the chat room if he has time to communicate with us. He might just have his eye on the ball. But uh, Logan Thomas uh, and and Tyler Higby, I wonder how. Obviously, he has Thomas rated higher uh, because that's who he took. But I wonder 
how far Thomas and Higby are separate on his rating sheet. You know, if they're not very, if he would take one or the other, I would have probably passed on tight end there and added another wide receiver, uh, or even possibly James Robinson at running back, because that that Juju Smith-Schuster, I I think Bob sort of bailed out his draft with that player. That player could have been available um, uh, to John, and uh, one of those tight ends would have made uh, his way back uh, would have made his way back to John. So I'm just curious about that drafting strategy. One of the drafting strategies I think is worth is, is pointing out here and that was um, sort of took center stage in the sixth round was that of Danny Mueller, um, what he did. Mm-hmm. And it is all chargers all the time. He gets Austin Eckler in the first round, Keenan Allen in the third, and then Justin Herbert in the sixth round, as Shane Hallen points out, getting that charger stack. Uh, you got to wonder, a, a guy like Danny Miller who does these things in his sleep, I wonder if that was his intention the whole time um, to, to try to target those players or if it just fell that way, Farrell. No, I think it was. I think it was his intention a hard time. I think it's also his intention to get Williams and, and probably Cook at tight end. That's a wonderful offense to be in business with, Danny Miller. Danny Miller knows what he's doing, uh, and, and we know what he does for a living. It's just glad that he can get his uh, head out of the computer and the spreadsheets. The forensic accounting, the tax preparation, and come in here and, and humble all of us uh, in the in the drafting world. But I very much like his team and what he's doing here. You teased it. Uh, Tyler Higby was the 701 tonight to David Strumeyer as his number one tight end. Uh, a bunch of receivers going off in this round as well. Tyler Boyd to Bob Lung, Robbie Anderson to Kleinfelter and Byer, followed by Debo Samuel to Todd Burroughs. Cortland Sutton right after that. Uh, is Hudson Reese selection at the 705. Russell Wilson will be starting at quarterback for Davis Maddock, and then Trey Sermon, after Danny Mueller does not take a running back after taking Eckler in the first round, grabs his second one here at the 707. Jerry Judy uh, to Pat Kareem. Sterling Shepard off the board as wide receiver 35 tonight to Richie Insura in the ninth or in the, uh, the 709. Michael Carter and Damian Harris, two trendy running backs right now going in the seventh round to Ratcliffe and Russell, respectively. DJ Chark, uh, final pick of the seventh round to Mike Taglier. Um, interesting uh, exchange between Biplab Mandel and Todd Burroughs in the chat room. Uh, uh, Biplab asked Todd, he's like, why, why would you take a guy like Debo Samuel over Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy? And Todd just simply replied, but well, I like Debo more than them. I think that's good. That's good, good analysis. <laughs> like, well, I took him before Thank those you. guys because I like I like him better. Uh huh. Yep. You know uh, uh, that that's not the answer Bip Lab was looking for. He wanted a little more. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I think he was. I think he was. You know, Bip Lab is likely to throw in a follow up uh, chat room question. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll follow that conversation uh, as it goes on today. Biplab, this is great for him because he's already got his pros versus Joe's done. He just got off an airplane. He's just tucking in and, and take, watching this unfold and just enjoying it without the stress of having to formulate a team here. Um, the uh, 12 teams that are formulating squads are still back at it in the eighth round here. Jalen Hurts to Mike Taglier. He is the uh, number one quarterback drafted here uh, from the fantasy pros. Maven, Devontae Smith, Hurts' real-life teammate, Goes to the Russells right after that. Zach Moss to Jeff Radcliffe. Another massive receiver run here in the eighth round that takes up half the round. Cole Beasley um, to Richie Nishura. Uh, LaVisca Chenault to Pat Corain from NBC Sports Edge after that. Michael Gallup is the third 
Uh, Cowboys receiver drafted tonight to Danny Mueller. Will Fuller to Davis Maddock, followed by Mike Williams to Hudson Reeve, and Antonio Brown to Todd Burrows as his number three receiver. The number three running back for Kleinfelter and Bayer will be Raheem Mostert. This pick brought to you by Farrell Elliott in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship <laughs> at KFFSC.com. Farrell loves him some Raheem Mostert. You should love yourself some KFFSC. Michael Thomas to Bob Long after that. The final uh, penultimate pick of the uh, eighth round. And then Mike Jasicki, back-to-back tight ends for David Strumeyer. He gets Higby in the seventh and Jasicki in the eighth. Um, Farrell, question for you in the chat room from BitLab. He wants to know how you feel about Team 9 now. Said that you liked it in the beginning, but then back-to-back picks of Shepard and Beasley. No quarterback, no tight end through eight rounds on this squad. Yeah, I believe Richie picked up his wrong uh, cheat sheet. Sometimes you can lose a page and, and get off uh, <laughs> the, get off Kelsey. He, he's a, but you know it, Richie's got a good memory. He's 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 picking the players. I, I think he's uh, I, I think he's looking at receivers and haven't studied the ADP. Shepard, a uh, mid double digit pick would have been uh, appropriate uh, for that player, but he can bounce back. And hey, you know. Uh, Shepard finished the season with uh, the last game of the year last year with 10 or 11 catches. He'll score uh, for this team a couple, two or three times during the year. And, you know, Cole Beasley, the uh, uh, the darling of uh, of the media right now, Cole may find himself in a in a new location. And uh, who, who knows uh, what, what's in store for Cole Beasley and team number nine this year. Team number 12 is who I want to talk about uh, a little bit here. Yeah. Um, this is Mike Taglier, um, and he, he ends up drafting Jalen Hurts in the eighth round. Earlier, oh, man, what was this? Was it earlier this week, Howard Eskin? Did we bring this up on the show on Friday? I can't remember if we did. But Howard Eskin is an Eagles insider. Okay, well, we'll bring it up now because I think this is worth talking about given Taglier's team construction. Howard Eskin is an insider for the Eagles. He was on Sports Radio 94 WIP Midday Show uh, last week. The quote here, I've talked to people in Houston, and they are all but resigned to the fact that they're going to have to trade him. There's only three teams in talking to people around the league that I know of that really have the strong desire. That would be Denver, Miami, and the Eagles have the three first-round picks, and that's what they're going to have, and this is the prediction I'm going to make based on the information that I got when, and I'll say when he is traded, I think there is a 90% chance that he will be with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Farrell, this is one source citing several unnamed sources. We really haven't heard corroboration of this from around the NFL to my knowledge. But knowing what you know there, it does the upside of Jalen Hurts' game, uh, knowing how dominant he was last year when he was given the reins to this, uh, to this offense, knowing what he can do, is, is this report enough for, for you to dissuade you from, from picking him in the eighth round like Tagliere did? Because if Watson does get dealt to the Eagles, all of a sudden that Hurts pick, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know if he would be part of the trade and he would go back to Houston. I don't know how that would work, but your thoughts here on this selection. Um, you don't have to dissuade me and come up with many reasons not to draft Jalen Hurts. I uh... – and, and I hope I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm willing to live with it, but I'm not going to spend my eighth-round pick on this player. Um, the, the Jalen Hurts was very, very successful when the offense collapsed around him. He used his athletic skills uh, on a team that did not have a lot of athletes on the field by the time that he got there. Now, this whole team was injured last year. We didn't see exactly... 
uh, how Jalen Hurts is going to fit in. I want to see him. Uh, I want to see him go through the progressions. I want to recognize the fact that he has to pass the ball when it's not necessarily a fire drill. He has to run an offense. And I think he'll be a very successful player, but I don't know if that warrants an eighth-round draft pick. I would pick him in this format because I don't want to have to pick when he's going to be good and when he's not going to be good. Now, this may explain why Zach Ertz can't get traded. Howie Roseman's spending all his time working on this blockbuster deal uh, for Watson, but I think if Watson is coming here, I think Hurts perhaps is staying here. I really don't know. I haven't been able to dig into this one and find the connectors, uh, look at the coaching tree, try to understand the, the front office, and, and but you're exactly right. Watson must move from this team, and I think, uh, I think the Texans have moved on and are just waiting for that trading partner. You're right, it could be Philadelphia. So there's my long answer, Balky. Uh, Hertz is not my player in the eighth round. He is a player in this format, but he will never be available to me because I'm not going to pay single-digit draft position for him. He is effectively off your board since uh, he is not going to be a player that will ever make it to you in a spot you are comfortable taking him in. That happens. We all have players like that, for sure. Uh, moving on to the ninth round here for David Strumeyer. He gets Brandon Cooks as his number three wide off. Boy, not a bad consolation after getting Jefferson and A.J. Brown and rounds two and three, and getting mm-hmm. hooks as your wide receiver three here in the ninth round. Not bad. Well done, Strumeyer. Jarvis Landry, the fourth straight receiver drafted by Bob Lung. Remember, Bob Lung did not take a receiver in the first five rounds. He is hitting the yellow stickers hard here as uh, that is his fourth straight wide out selected. Matthew Stafford to um, John Kleinfelter and Dave Byer. Marquise Brown to Todd Burroughs, followed by Michael Pittman to Hudson Reeve. That's his number uh, four receiver. Nicole Hardman off the board to Davis Maddox as he continues his onslaught of loading up on Kansas City football players. That is his fourth one that he has acquired there. Curtis Samuel to Danny Mueller. Um, as uh, Samuel goes off uh, to, to Mueller there, um, the Blitzers indeed, uh, the new Washington football team member. A.J. Dillon, the Packers backup running back, is also the number two running back for Pat Corain from NBC Sports Edge. Russell Gage. Uh, is the number five receiver drafted by Richie Nishura. That is the 909 pick tonight. Shepard Beasley Gage uh, in the 789 spots for Richie Nishura. Interesting stuff there. The third straight running back drafted by Jeff Radcliffe is indeed Lombardi Lenny Fournette. Uh, and then you have Kenyon Drake off the board to Robert Russell here in the ninth round with the penultimate pick. And Jalen Waddell as uh, Mike Taglier makes it back to back Jalen's. Hurts in the eighth. Waddell in the ninth. And that is the ninth round. A lot, a lot of yellow we are looking at here. In fact, through the first nine rounds, we do have 52 receivers off the board. In the FFPC mm-hmm. format, for those of you who are not familiar with it, quarterback, running back, uh, I beg your pardon, quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, two flexes. Uh, this, this format, no kickers, no defenses. But to see 52 receivers, and, and really the yellow is dominating this thing through the first half of the draft as we have reached the halfway point uh, moving forward, um, we talked a, a little bit about um, Brandon Cooks, Farrell, just now when we uh, announced that he was the number three receiver for David Strumeyer. I, I don't know if you've given your opinion on him. I really like Brandon Cooks this year. Uh, I think that it, it's not a great football team with or without Watson in Houston this year. And I know Cooks is going to get targeted a lot. And I know that, um, you know, as far as consistency goes, this guy has done it in many different spots, and he's done it well. New England, New Orleans, the Rams, I mean, he, and, and now the Texans. 
he does it well. Wide receiver for 43 on average, going off the board at the 906. Uh, certainly this pros versus Joe's draft would agree with the ADP, and that's Cooks is a ninth-round pick. But, Farrell, I think he should be going higher. I think he definitely uh, should be going higher, and this was a this was a real steal for this team, who uh, sort of cheated the draft a little bit. Went with two tight ends, got two good ones, and they were still able to get Cooks at wide receiver. I think that was uh, a very astute pick. There are some picks here in this draft. Uh, when I look at uh, uh, our friend uh, Hudson Kern Reed. Uh, he gets another gift. Marquis Brown goes as the fourth player to Todd Burroughs, uh, uh, the fourth. Is it the fourth? Yeah, the fourth wide receiver uh, to Todd Burroughs. And, and Marquis Brown, we, you know, people that listen to the show all the time are going to get tired of me hearing me say this, but this is a 60 to 65 <laughs> catch wide receiver. Uh, and he will be a star for his team if he produces at that. That uh, frees up Michael Pittman. Uh, for Hudson Kern Reed, Michael Pittman is an 80 to 100 catch wide receiver for Indianapolis Colts. That's what they have in mind for him. Uh, there's a lot of upside there. Uh, that's the player that I would have taken. Uh, Mueller's team gets better and better every round. I don't think that he dreamed that Curtis Samuel would be available there to him. Uh, no matter what uh, our mojo tells us about Curtis, uh, the the number is getting. Uh, 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 he's drafted more frequently in the eighth round, I do believe. At least that's what I'm seeing. So it's an interesting. Um, I, I see where team number nine with Jacobs uh, passes on Drake, and uh, team number 11, um, uh, the Russell, uh, they pick up Kenyon Drake, which I think is a wonderful player in this format. And how I would have liked to have, uh, have had Drake and Jacobs on my team um, in this format. Uh, yeah, yes, and I I will just second your your Curtis Samuel love here. With normally he does go at the 808. Um, he's actually gone as high as the 702 over the last three days in this format. And um, going off the board at wide receiver 40, he goes off the board tonight at wide receiver 50 to Danny Mueller here at the 907. So good value there for Mueller. Moving on, let's kick things off in round 10 with a pair of real life teammates. Ronald Jones to Mike Taglier, Tom Brady, the backup quarterback to Robert and Robbie Russell. Uh, Corey Davis off the board after that as the number five receiver to uh, Jeff Ratcliffe. Uh, Robert Tunyon, finally Richie Nishura, drafts a tight end. I do believe he was the second to last team to draft a tight end, and he finally gets his guy at the 10-04 in the Packers tight end in Robert Tunyon. Tony Pollard, the third running back drafted by Pat Crane. My guess is we're going to see a lot more green on his roster going forward, given that he only had one running back selected through the first eight rounds. Tony Pollard is his selection in round 10. Elijah Moore, the third straight receiver drafted by Danny Mueller. That is his sixth wideout. Evan Engram, the final team not to take a tight end. It is Davis Maddock from SportsGrid, and he gets his guy. Evan Engram, the 13th tight end off the board to Maddock. Joe Burrow to Hudson Reeve right after that, followed by James Conner, the other uh, running back in Arizona. Uh, Todd Burroughs did get the former in Chase Edmonds. So both the uh, Arizona running backs will be on team run to daylight this year for Edmonds and Conner. Um, Ryan Tannehill uh, is the second straight running quarterback drafted by uh, Kleinfelter and Byer, Stafford, and then Ryan Tannehill back-to-back as he gets the ninth and 12th quarterbacks off the board. pair of uh, old 
uh, relatively speaking, running backs off the board to complete round 10. That's Melvin Gordon to Bob Long. That's David Johnson to David Strumeyer, who now has taken two straight Texans. He gets the number one receiver for the Texans, and he gets the number one running back for the Texans. Or did he? Farrell, do you believe David Johnson is going to be the, the Texans running back that you want this year in fantasy, or could it be somebody else? No, I believe Philip Lindsay will be the number one running back before the season is over. Uh, Dave Johnson's been in the league. He's been a good, good player. He's going to get his run with this team, but Lindsay will provide them what they need, especially um, with everyone believing that this team will be playing catch-up, playing from behind, and especially if Taylor cedes that job to Davis Mills, the rookie out of Stanford, uh, Lindsay would be a a definite check-down target for a young quarterback on a team that does not have a prolific tight end. I think Lindsey is your guy here. I wouldn't have had an argument with team number one if they had drafted both of them on the turn right there. Um, we do want to um, get you to the um, to the round, what is it, round 11? Yeah, round 11 analysis here. And we will do that shortly. But before we do, uh, I think we should go back out to our phone lines and take another call here live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hours coverage of the Pro 2021 FFPC Pros versus Joes League number four. This is jacked up on Mountain Dew. We're going to bring in our caller right now, and I do believe you know him very well. You follow him on Twitter at BestBallNFL. It is the one, the only, running to daylight, Todd Burrows. Todd. Welcome into the program, and what do you think of your draft so far, man, 11 rounds in? Uh, like but not love, and, uh, but I've been able to do some nifty things, but not a ton of value falling to me personally, which is always a little frustrating. I've missed, um, like last pick, Irv Smith would have been a great value two rounds, just missed him earlier, um, the, the ETN and you guys talked about those running backs. I just missed them. So um, haven't gotten the value I like, but I'm happy that I have a nice balanced team. has some good correlations. And uh, I think I've made the best with what the board's given me. You got uh, University you of Louisville's at- own Lamar Jackson uh, paired with your Marquise Brown that I was complaining about, but you know, you can't do all like that. You can't, uh, really poke holes in it, and I think you got great value with Mooney out of Chicago as your 11th round pick. So I think I think you're doing all right there, Mr. Burns. Thank you. I, I, one thing, one move that I like, you kind of touched on it a little bit. There's definitely some uncertainty with the Arizona backfield, but to get it right, I think you're going to have you know some really good scores. So um, taking Edmonds in the sixth and Connor in the tenth, I feel they both can pay off their um, their draft spots, uh, or maybe one pays off the sixth and the other one pays off the ten. But if you get an injury to one of them, the other one could probably give you second or third round value. Um, so that's kind of a sneaky little correlation that I build in some teams. Todd, when you, I mean, you've drafted a lot of slims, a lot of football guys, a lot of the best ball tournament too, the inaugural best ball tournament I know you're playing in at myffpc.com. Do you have a ballpark on how many times you've locked up the Arizona backfield of, of Edmonds and Connor and those? Has it been frequent? Has it just been once in a while? 
I'm not interested in football guys season long where I have to choose which one to start. Um, but in best ball, I don't need to choose. Um, I would say four or five times out of 50 so far in the, um, in the $125 tournament, something like that. Um, just enough to get a, a flavor of it. I don't chase it. But, you know, Edmonds wasn't a guy I wanted to take. If I look at the board real quick, um, when I got I, you know, I had hoped that ETN was going to fall to me there, or I was hoping that Claypool would fall to me there. But once I took Edmonds, um, and then I didn't chase it. I thought about it in the ninth round, but I needed wide receivers. So I said, well, if, if Connor's there at the end of the 10th round, uh, let me look real quick to see where he's been going the last five days. Um, he goes on average of like 10-7, 10-8. So, you know, I, I felt that was pretty decent value. And uh, and, and it, it, it's, um, it gives me – one of those two is going to score for me every week. Um, and sometimes they both will. Um, we touched on this at the top. Obviously, when, when Bob Lung took Ezekiel Elliott, I think that, that kind of maybe, you know, best laid plans situation for you where you didn't realize Travis Kelsey was going to be there at the 104. Was it an easy decision for you to take Kelsey there over Kamara, or is that something that, that you thought long and hard about after the Thomas injury? I, I thought long – I haven't been drafting a lot of Kelsey, even when he comes to me. I want to be even weight on him, but I don't want to be over. He is a over-30 tight end. Um, but the but the obvious – obvious, and he's coming off like a career year. He was healthy all year. Um, but they did lose Sammy Watkins. His target share should be really solid. Um, I did think about taking Tyreek Hill instead. Um, I thought, uh, as you guys talked about me taking Ridley in the second round, I really wanted uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or um, Aaron Jones in the second. Um, it didn't happen. So, um, you know, I, I, I just uh, did the best that I could and took the best player on my board. And, uh, you know, and then that's the great thing about doing a ton of these is, you know, you kind of get very zen about it because you know how the draft's going to play out. You know where the, the, the value is by position. And, you, you know, I got lucky that the two guys I wanted, Swift and Sanders, both made it to me. Todd, you had commented oh, in the Blog Talk Radio chat. Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's, let's hear your pick here, Todd. Who, who are you looking at now with your 12th round pick? I'm going to, uh, you know, I got Calvin Ridley. I need a second quarterback. Um, I'm going to take Matt Ryan to go with uh, Calvin Ridley and to go with uh, Lamar Jackson. That finishes me off at quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, uh, you know, that's pretty solid. Good job. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Matt Ryan, and Calvin Ridley, all members of the Run to Daylight uh, best ball NFL squad from Todd Burroughs here. Todd, final question here. Um, just, just real quick. You took Redley in the, in the second round, you said in the BTR chat, it was because they're all the running backs you had wanted were gone. Who was the running back that you were targeting there as, as it got closer and closer to your pick? Well, the, the guy that I own the most of, um, in the second round is Clyde Edwards Belair. Um, I think he got stoned, at the goal line an unusual amount of time and they kept giving him the ball 
They didn't bring in any other running back. He, he was going, you know, one five, one six last year. Nothing has changed. In fact, the only thing that has changed is they improved the offensive line. He's got his second year. Um, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is uh, – I thought Davis Maddock made a great pick um, with uh, – I think Davis Maddock made a great pick taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, to go with Tyreek. You uh, listen to his podcast called Run to Daylight. Anywhere you find podcasts, you follow him on Twitter at NFL. Todd, I, I don't want to, you know, speak for you, but do you have a podcast coming out sort of recapping this draft shortly? Oh, yeah, I'll do one on that. I've also got um, – we. I've been doing a lot of live best ball uh, drafts with p- different partners or solo where I draft in that $125 tournament. Um, I'm on the board again. Just give me a second. Oh, um, yeah, no problem. We'd love to hear the pick. All right. So um, – I think the wise thing to do, tight end is also getting very uh, toward the end of the talent pool. Um, I'm going to put in, um, boy, it's either uh, one of two tight ends here. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with the guy that in my heart I think is going to be better, uh, and that's Cole Komet. I think I don't need him as much with, I don't think I need him as much with Kelsey, so I'll take a shot on the upside on the second year first round. I think it was a first round pick, um, mm-hmm. and and that'll that, that'll pretty much probably end me at tight end too, unless a value's there um, that's so great. And that's a great thing in this format. Um, you can take a third tight end um, because of the the dual flex, and this isn't a tournament where you're trying to get a team through to the end. I just want to win this league. So I might take a third tight end. Well, we will see as we will cover it live here for your final five picks going forward. It is Todd Burroughs from the uh, host, uh, host of the run to daylight podcast. And of course, follow him on Twitter at best ball NFL. Todd, be good. Good luck to you in that best ball tournament, all your football guys leagues, really all your leagues this summer. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thank you so much guys. As always, uh, it's an honor to be part of this event. It Thank is you, uh, an honor to have you. Todd Todd Burroughs, by the way, this is the type of player that, you know, the pros get a bad rap, Farrell, in this format because they, they, you know, don't have the experience that the Joes do. And, you know, the pros obviously play in a lot of other leagues besides FFP leagues, FFPC leagues. And, and I think the Joes are, have, have sort of um, honed in on, on uh, player evaluation. They've honed in on ADP. They've honed in on a lot of stuff. And when you have a situation right. – where you can, you can have a pro like this who plays in a lot of different events in the FFPC, he's the type of pro that is going to be tough to beat. In fact, I think Javier from Terre Haute had his, uh, had his odds uh, fairly high to win this uh, league, uh, does Todd Burroughs. So good to hear from him, good to get some insight from him, and some brutally honest insight from him as well, which we always appreciate on this program. Uh, let's get into the 11th round, Farrell. I think that's where we left off um, last time. It was Jamal Williams here going to uh, David Strumeyer, followed by Naheem Hines, the pass-catching running back out of Indianapolis, is the number five running back for Bob Lung. Irv Smith off the board to Fester. That's Klein Felter and Bayer there at the 11.03. Darnell Mooney, the, um, the player that maybe had an opportunity to open up for him in Chicago, to Todd Burroughs at the 11.04. Latavius Murray backing up Hudson Reeves' Alvin Kamara selection here at the 11.05. 
Back-to-back tight ends go Davis, does go Davis, Maddock, Evan Engram, and then Gerald Everett here now in the 11th round. Um, another GE pick, Gus Edwards, do Danny Mueller as his number three <laughs> running back in the 11th round. Trevor Lawrence will be starting at quarterback for Pat Karain's uh, NBC Sports edge entry here as Lawrence is his selection at the 1108. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, back-to-back tight ends for Richie Nishura. He gets Tunyon in the 10th, now Gronk in the 11th. Aaron Rodgers, Tunyon's uh, real-life teammate for now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to Jeff Ratcliffe here at the 1110. Alexander Madison and Janu Smith finish things out for uh, the Russells and Mike Taglier. Um, Farrell, the um, thing that I wanted to talk to you about here is the trade that went down this weekend between the Bears and the Texans. Uh, the Bears end up going out and dealing a player that uh, really wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time uh, with, with Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears, and that was Anthony Miller. He is now a Houston Texan. How does that affect your evaluation of Darnell Mooney and what he can do for fantasy managers here in 2021? Uh, it doesn't affect it a whole lot because I think they had already moved on from Miller. I, I think they were going to find a place for him. Uh, I expected it to be later in the year. Now, in Miller's case, I'd like to bring everyone to the attention that this player's caught 130 balls and double-digit touchdowns in three years, and it's just exactly what he needed was a, uh, a change of uh, venue where there is not a, a clear number two wide receiver. This is a great situation for Anthony Miller. I think somebody would be wise to take him tonight. Um, moving forward, let's get into the 12th round right away here as I try to fix our video feed. Live podcasting, it's all the rage, right? Um, yeah, you're, you're uh, a we'll multitasker. Yeah, well, I have to be. I have to be in this situation. Uh, Bryce, who normally helps me with this, is actually commissioning tonight. So it's just me and Rob, essentially. All right, so the 12th round, uh, you have uh, Carson Wentz going off the board here, um, followed by Emmanuel Sanders to Robert and Robbie Russell. Adam Troutman, the uh, tight end out of New Orleans. Uh, how does We'll talk a little bit about what, what he can do for you now that uh, Michael Thomas is going to miss a huge portion of the season. Kirk Cousins off the board after that, followed by the rookie receiver, from Arizona, that's Rondale Moore. He goes to Pat Corain here. Trey Lance off the board uh, right after that, and then Henry Ruggs going um, as the 1208 pick tonight, I believe. Nope, 1207 pick. Hunter Henry, the second tight end drafted here in the 12th round, followed by Matt Ryan. You heard that pick on the air from Todd Burroughs. Kleinfelter and Bayer go with Devontae Parker. And then Jared Cook off the board as the penultimate pick of the 12th round. Strumeyer going with Marvin Jones uh, in Jacksonville now, not Detroit, Jacksonville, final pick in the 12th round. Farrell, I, I feel like we've talked about a lot of Saints tonight, and deservedly so, given the Michael Thomas situation. But what about Adam Troutman now in New Orleans? What about Adam Troutman with no Jared Cook and no Michael Thomas here? Could he be uh, a player that can really help you win your league as uh, he goes in the 12th round in pros versus Joe's tonight? New Orleans must obviously think he is, and they drafted him high. And I just, I question his college pedigree. He's a, he's a former Dayton Flyer. Um, he he passes the eye test, and he has the uh, the triangle measurements that you want to tie in with strength, speed, height, and weight. Um, I can't complain against this player, but now we're going uh, we're going to the left, and Hunter Henry goes later. Is that correct? Yes. Hunter Henry, yep. Hunter Henry after Troutman. Now, everyone's going to look up and be very, very surprised as they see Hunter Henry running towards the post routes uh, and being the downfield target 
uh, for New England Patriots. And it surprises me that he stays at uh, the 12th position. Once we see New England play a, a little bit of uh, a preseason football, I expect that Hunter Henry is going to uh, shoot up the draft boards. Uh, what else are we looking at here in this 12th round, Bucky? That Oh, Carson Wentz. That's what I wanted to comment. Carson Wentz joins Jalen Hurts. So just uh, just uh, for for Mike and team number twelve. Uh, what what a what a uh, great play of, uh, of uh, curiosity uh, that is with uh, you know, those two uh, on his this man's fantasy team. So yeah, and I really like Carson. Yeah. Mike Taglier, by the way, is is uh, in the 12th spot. He's the one who took both Hertz and Wentz, and he's not done at the quarterback position. We'll get to that shortly here. Before that, we are going to tell you what went down in the 13th round. Now, you already know one of these picks because Todd Burroughs made it live on air, but the other picks are as follows. Baker Mayfield off the board to David Strumeyer, and then John Brown, old smoke, goes to Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports at the 1302. Devin Singletary to uh, Fester, that is Kleinfelter and Bayer here at the three-hole. Cole Komet, you heard that pick to Todd Burroughs. Rashad Bateman, the rookie receiver from Baltimore, goes to Hudson Reeve as his number five receiver tonight, wide receiver 62 overall. Davis Maddock got Russell Wilson in the seventh. He will be backing him up with Justin Fields in the 13th. Jalen Rager to Danny Mueller. Jalen Rager joins uh, a a pretty thick core of, of wide receivers for Mueller so far. That is his number seven receiver through 13 rounds is Jalen Rager. Gabriel Davis off the board, the Buffalo wideout to Pat Corain there uh, in the uh, 13th round. Ryan Fitzpatrick is Richie Nishura's second straight quarterback drafted, Kirk Cousins, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, followed by Traquan Smith, the de facto number one wideout, beg your pardon, for the New Orleans Saints to Jeff Ratcliffe. Anthony Ferkser to the Russells. Noah Fant is who they got at tight end in the fifth round. They now have another tight end on their squad in the 13th round. His name is Ferkser and uh, Jacoby Myers off the board. After that, the New England receiver to Mike Taglier. That is his fifth receiver. Um, And and that is your 12th round, ladies and gentlemen. Farrell, far be it for me to say a quarterback is underdrafted. I don't know if I necessarily have ever said that. But I look at Justin Fields. I look at his situation in Chicago. I look at who he has to beat out for the starting job. I look at the investment that the Bears made in. And I look at what he did in college. I really like this player in the 13th round for for Davis Maddock here. And I think this is a guy that not only will be a good best ball pick from the get-go, I think he's going to be a good football guy's main event pick from the get-go. I really thought that he would have risen up draft boards, and it hasn't happened yet. But I think I'm going to end up with a lot of Justin Fields as my backup quarterback this year. Double-digit round of Justin Fields, I like him better than Trey Lance. Uh, I probably like him better than Trevor Lawrence. You know, in the question of a rookie quarterback, it's oftentimes what's above the shoulders. Uh, these guys that are getting an opportunity to play in their first year are always the kind of athlete and a physical specimen and arm talent that you want in a quarterback. But Justin Fields is uh, superior in the testing aspects of the game and in his ability to uh, translate football knowledge and put it on the field. And that's why everyone's excited about him uh, in, in the front office staffs. And I, this player uh, brings a lot of attention from around the league because they're trying to figure out if how they're looking at quarterbacks works. It's a league trend to push a guy like Justin Fields 
of the board. Everybody in the league would like to have him. So if he's successful, we're going to see more guys like him uh, move through the draft. And, and when we get to the NFL draft in April, uh, you'll see this kind of player uh, is a priority for NFL teams. I love the pick. I love putting him together uh, with Russell Wilson. And in a 17-game season, uh, yeah, you're right. Fields is going to get on the field and play early playoff. And, and uh, he'll play like a veteran uh, by game 8, 9, 10. We said that Mike Taglier was not done at the quarterback position, and he wasn't. Tua Tungabailoa is his third quarterback selected. I believe he is the only player with three quarterbacks on his roster as we head in to the 14th round. Um, almost had back-to-back New England receivers. It didn't happen. Nelson Aguilar goes at the 14.02 to Robert Russell. Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton, real-life teammates, go back-to-back on separate teams here. Jeff Ratcliffe from FDN Fantasy goes with Paris Campbell. Richie Nishura goes with T.Y. Hilton as his number six wide receiver. Pat Corain is going to take Giovanni Bernard as his number four uh, running back here tonight to join Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, and Tony Pollard in his backfield. Blake Jarwin will be backing up Mark Andrews for Danny Miller as Jarwin is his 14th round selection. Interesting stuff here from Davis Maddock from SportsGrid as Todd Burroughs is pointing out in the chat room right now that James White becomes the third, yeah, that's right, just the third running back selected by Davis Maddock tonight through 14 rounds. He joins Clyde Edwards-Dillaire and Javante Williams in that backfield. Eric Ebron is the third tight end selected by Kern Reeve. Uh, He joins Kyle Pitts and Hunter Henry on this squad. Eric Ebron, the third tight end drafted there by the defending overall, one half of the defending overall champs, along with Bip Lab Mandel. Terrace Marshall, the rookie receiver at LSU, now in Carolina. He goes to Todd Burroughs here in the 14th. Malcolm Brown to uh, Fester. Uh, it's John Kleinfelter and Dave Byer. Followed by Zach Ertz, the number three tight end selected by Bob Lung. And Philip Lindsay off the board to David Strumeyer with the final pick of the 14th round. And, uh, Farrell, you know, you look at this, and I think there is more of an onus for these um, players to to maybe hook up with their own handcuffs in a closed format like this where you're just trying to beat 11 teams and not say 1100 but he gets Lindsay (laughs) here in the 14th David Johnson in the 10th you've already gone on record saying you believe that Lindsay is going to be the Texans running back to draft this year are we going to see a flip-flop in their ADPs at all or is this sort of what we're going to see is David Johnson consistently going ahead of Lindsay I think we'll see them get closer together, but this is a mystery, and I would have to ask Randy Mueller why he didn't grab uh, Philip Lindsay here. He certainly needed another running back more than he needed another tight end, and tight end talent is still available to him. So uh, I, I'm surprised. I've, I've yet to see in many drafts um, Lindsay go after James White, Lindsay go after Brown. I think, uh, I think some of our people uh, fell asleep in the 14th round, and so team number one, uh, David, gets it. It's a wonderful uh, player to fall to him, so congratulations to him. And, uh, and it's not even that late to be falling asleep. We're looking at 20 after 9 uh, Eastern time right now. <laughs> We're going to go a lot later than this tomorrow night and Tuesday, so hopefully those owners will get their naps in and coffee brewed in time for the draft tomorrow so they will not fall asleep in the 14th round. You and I both like Michael Pittman for the Indianapolis Colts this year. He goes in the ninth round tonight Um as the uh, first Colts receiver drafted, uh, Pittman going to Hudson Kern-Reeve. 
The other two Colts receivers that went after that were T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. They go back-to-back uh, in this round here with uh, Nishura and Ratcliffe. Do you have a preference, Farrell, on, on, on those players? Because I think Paris Campbell's the young guy who's trending up as far as his career goes, but he maybe doesn't necessarily have the talent that T.Y. Hilton does, or should I say did, because Hilton's been riddled with injuries and uh, subpar play uh, over the course of the last couple of years compared to what he was doing when he was an alpha receiver in this NFL, demanding the ball and making big plays seemingly every week. So in 2021 drafts, Farrell, who do you like better as the number two receiver for the Colts? Is it Paris Campbell or is it T.Y. Hilton? I like them equally, and I normally have to take Hilton uh, in front of Paris Campbell. I think this is the most affordable stack of a tremendous passing attack, a team that really um, gets valuable assistance from the running back. You talk about a running back committee, it's bad for fantasy football, but it's great for these receivers. There's so many different looks that won't suggest or won't tip the hand to the defenders as to what this team's going to do, pass or run, with these various running backs that they're going to trot out onto the field in Indianapolis. Now, T.Y. Hilton, to me, still has a lot of gas in the tank. And, you know, he took a discount to come back and play for this team. Paris Campbell needs a break and deserves one. And a slot receiver that's been beat up for his entire career and has excellent skills. I think these are the receivers that are going to make Carson Wentz go. And I, I would like to uh, have as many of them on my roster as I can with, uh, you know, with uh, Michael Pittman leading the way. On to the 15th round, do we go here on the HSFF Hour, Brashad Perriman to David Strumeyer. Derek Carr will be backing up Kyler Murray. Carr, the second quarterback drafted by Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports. O.J. Howard, the third tight end selected by Kleinfelter and Beyer here at the 1503. A couple of running backs off the board, Darrington Evans to Todd Burroughs, J.D. McKissick to Mighty Joe Young. That is the team that Hudson Reeve, a uh, team named Hudson Reeve is using tonight as he takes McKissick there. Austin Hooper, third tight end selected by Davis Maddock, followed by A.J. Green, the former first-round receiver for the Bengals turned late-round receiver for the Cardinals. A little mini quarterback run here in the 15th round, Sam Darnold to Pat Corain, Ben Roethlisberger to Richie Nishura. That is his number three quarterback. Daniel Jones to Jeff Radcliffe. Uh, Xavier Jones, rookie running back. I beg your pardon, not the uh, second-year running back. Um, uh, undrafted free agent for the Rams. He goes to the Russells here at the 15-11. And Christian Kirk off the board. The final selection of the 15th round to Mike Tagliar from FantasyPros.com. One of the conversations that's taking place in the Blog Talk Radio chat room uh, between Todd Burroughs and Shane Hallam, who I believe I said in the first hour um, drafted his team last Sunday, is pointing out that Davis Maddock only had two running backs through 13 rounds. Danny Mueller uh, only had three running backs through um, 15 rounds. And I think one of the things that Shane pointed out here is we've been seeing this more lately in these drafts, you know, four, maybe five running backs max on some of these teams, and you focus uh, your attention on the other positions. Now, Farrell, I I don't think Davis, Davis Maddox, certainly a talented fantasy football player. He doesn't necessarily carry the best ball reputation um, that Danny Mueller does, although Maddox has been successful in the FFPC as well. Danny Mueller has been really successful for a long time. And I get the feeling that even though these guys are drafting back-to-back next to each other, mm-hmm. um, they, they may know something here. And, and certainly building teams this way 
where you go light on the running backs, it's a great risk to win, uh, given that you have to take first place in order to get anything in the pros versus Joes. Yeah, and that may be the uh, – that's not a format that I've ever drafted in, and that might be the answer there as to why uh, as to why he's making some of these moves. I I don't question Danny Mueller. I only uh, congratulate him and usually hand him trophies. But, you know, uh, we never <laughs> talked about his Elijah Moore pick from the 10th round, and I think that is – he followed up uh, Samuel, which we raved about that pick, the Elijah Moore pick here um, with Michael Gallup. So he went Gallup, Samuel, and Moore, and I think that delivered everything he needed at wide receiver for him. Moore will be an uh, ascending player for the New York Jets, and many people are down on the Jets. I think that uh, Wilson will become a better quarterback as the year goes on, and uh, he'll connect with Moore quite frequently and more will in the second half of the season. uh, It should be the Jets' number one receiver. Gallup, as we talked about the other night, Balky, this is the season uh, that I think we could have our sixth team with uh, three 1,000 yards uh, in receptions. And Michael Gallup certainly has the skill and certainly has the uh, opportunity and target share to achieve that uh, for us. And then, uh, um, Yeah, we're going to get to a running back run later. There's one running back that I cannot understand uh, why he has not gone off the board yet as we move through the 15th round. Let's get into round 16. We we saw four quarterbacks selected in round 15, sort of the quarterback round. Round 16, definitely the running back round, as we're seeing seven running backs go off the board. Here's who they were. Rashad Penny to Mike Tagliere, followed by C.J. Uzuma, the third tight end drafted by the Russells here with the second pick of the 16th round. Chuba Hubbard to Jeff Ratcliffe, followed by Tariq Cohen to Richie Nishura. Moali Cox will be the number two tight end for Pat Corain next to Darren Waller. Uh, he goes there, and then Damian Williams, Devontae Booker, and Tevin Coleman right in the meat of the 16th round. Williams to Mueller, Booker to Maddock, and Coleman to Reeve. Brian Edwards, the second-year receiver out of South Carolina, now in Las Vegas. He goes to Todd Burroughs. Boston Scott, uh, the, the, one of the many backup running backs the Philadelphia Eagles have right now. Boston Scott is selected by John Kleinfelter and Dave Byard. Demarcus Robinson, the Chiefs receiver, goes to Bob Lung for Big Guy Fantasy Sports Course, the uh, author of the 2021 Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. And then Deshaun Watson, number three quarterback for David Strumeyer, here in the uh, 16th round. Farrell, I guess Deshaun Watson's an interesting cap because we know his upside um, and how how good he can be. We don't know if he's playing. We don't know how much he's going to play if he does this season. And quite frankly, we don't know what team he's going to be on. So to to get him as as your number three quarterback behind Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, hey, that's great. I mean, your quarterbacks are going to be insane this year if Watson plays. But, I mean... Is that the right team build when you already have Allen and Mayfield? Do you think that pick could have been spent elsewhere, maybe on a third tight end, maybe on another running back, another wide out there, Farrell? What do you make of the Deshaun Watson pick to David Strumeyer at the 16-12? I think it's pretty cool. I think you can uh, – I, I don't think you can successfully 
play keep away in this format, but perhaps that's what he's doing. <laughs> I'm not a big Mayfield fan at 10. I think if you're sitting there and you say, well, do I do two quarterbacks or three? I can't really make up my mind. Well, wait a minute. Watson is still available, and two's just as good as three, but if my third is Watson, you know, a, a player that was in the top three of the three passing uh, categories last year, uh, then, then you want to have that player. Where I want to bring some attention into this draft, um, the draft round is the, with the variety of running backs going off the board here. And we, here we are in the 16th round, a starting running back from the New York Jets that if you think uh, about his role early on, it is at least 50-50. So uh, Tevin Coleman uh, in the 16th round, uh, the free agent running back that goes to the New York Jets and, and joins his coaches that had him at San Francisco, and it was one of their first moves after they got the job was to, to sign Tevin Coleman. Uh, it, it makes no sense to me how this player was available at 16 and some of the guys that went off the board uh, before he did. Yeah, and I, I guess I'll bring this up, and this goes back to our sort of our Lindsey versus Johnson conversation in Houston because – we do have the um, blessing, I guess you could say, um, or the advantage of having preseason football this year. And you'd like to mm-hmm. think that once these teams roll out with their ones on the field and roll out with the twos, we're going to – we know how we value these players, Farrell. We don't necessarily yet know how the teams value the players, which to me is even more important because if, if a team doesn't like you – they're not going to play you. Well, they're not. It doesn't matter how good you think they are. They're not going to help you in fantasy. Right. And so, if we see Tevin Coleman starting out there with the ones, yeah, we're we're going to see his ADP go up, and we're going to see Michael Carter's fall. If we see Philip Lindsay running out there at the ones um, for you know two or three possessions for Houston in the preseason, then I think we could see a flip flop there, especially if David Johnson is considering con, you know consistently going with the backups. Those are just two examples. And this is what preseason will do for us this year as, as fantasy players is we are going to get to see inside the mind, so to speak, of these coaches, and it will certainly help determine ADP. Tevin Coleman, 16th-round pick tonight. What does he go in a football guys or a main event or a best ball tournament? What does he go a, a month from now after preseason starts? I don't know. It could be much higher. We shall see. Time will tell on that. Let's move into the 17th round, the penultimate round of this uh, pros versus Joe's draft tonight. Jamison Crowder is off the board at the 1701, followed by Alan Lazard to Bob Lung at the 1702. Travis Fulgham uh, to Fester at the 1703, followed by Hayden Hurst. Now, Hayden Hurst is interesting here because he is the only non-wide receiver drafted within the first eight picks of the 17th round. Huge receiver run here again, as if we couldn't get more of the yellow stickers on the board. Running out of yellow stickers. Uh, Tyrell Williams right after that to Hudson Reeves. Sammy Watkins to Davis Maddox. Amon Ross St. Brown goes off the board to Danny Mueller here. Deami Brown, the rookie receiver for the Washington football team to Pat Corain. Dalton Schultz is the number three tight end drafted by Richie Nishura. And then you have Zach Wilson as the number three quarterback drafted by Fade the Noise Fantasies, Jeff Ratcliffe. Jalen Guyton off the board. I think it's the first time we've seen Jalen Guyton drafted on a pros versus Joe's draft this season. He's off the board to the Russells at the 17-11. Deshaun Jackson, the final pick of the 17th round here to Mike Tagliere. Farrell, Deshaun Jackson, that marks 84 receivers selected through 17 rounds, which is an average 
if my math, my math skills are correct, that's an average of seven receivers um, per team. Now, it's not unusual to see a team with like seven receivers at this point, but for every team to be averaging seven receivers, that's a lot of receivers. And I think the evidence of Jalen Guyton finally being selected in this draft um, it just proves the point of, of these guys love their wideouts. And I think many of them, in best case scenarios, with the optimal scoring this year, will see a lot of four wide receiver lineups. And who doesn't? And Tyrell Williams is my favorite pick uh, here in the 17th round. There's a player that does nothing but score touchdowns when he's on the field. Sammy Watkins may flash as a receiver from this. And I'm a big Guyton fan. I don't know if he has a path to the field, especially with what they did in the draft. Uh, and there's some couple receivers, uh, at least one from Los Angeles that went uh, the Los Angeles Rams and went after Guyton. But uh, it, it, you, you can't really uh, poke holes at it because if Guyton does play, he has the potential to be a game-breaking downfield um, deep pass receiver. Farrell, how did Travis Fulgham look so awesome, like a top 25 or a top 30 receiver for like a month, and now he's an afterthought in drafts? I mean, he was an afterthought pretty much at the end of last season. You know, he just couldn't get anything done. How does a player like that look so awesome for a month and all of a sudden it seems like the book's out on him and he can't get anything done? He's a good player. He had, he played with a lot of physicality uh, and, and in, a, in a different way than any other player did at Philadelphia. If you recall, defenses were getting ready to defend the smaller wide receivers, the wards and that type of receiver that Philadelphia is still out on the roster. Uh, Fulgham confused the defense, and, and he caught the ball well. He made some difficult uh, catches outside of the receiving window, and I, I thought he was a very, very good player. Uh, part They continued. The team continued. They started the season with injury. They continued to get injured throughout the year, and it compromised everyone's play uh, in Philadelphia. Fulgham, once again, will probably – interest some drafters uh, or interest some fantasy players uh, at the waiver wire. In the best ball slim format in the FFPC over the last three days, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, goes at the 1607 as wide receiver 75. Tyrell Williams wide receiver 80 at the 1702. So basically within a half round of each other, which is really interesting because I think after you know, the, the rookie hype train was going. Amon Ross St. Brown was going way ahead, way ahead of the other Lions receivers. Now in this draft, Farrell, we, we look at how it fell tonight on the 17th round for both of these players. Tyrell Williams actually gets selected first at the 1705, followed by Amon Ross St. Brown at the 1707. A pair of Joes, very accomplished Joes, takes, takes these guys. You love Tyrell Williams. I know that, and, and I feel like I've been drafting him more based on you know conversations we've had on this show. Um, what do you make of Amon Ross St. Brown now that the hype's over? Is this guy simply going to have to get a Williams or Perriman injury to matter? Because he's still got Jared Goff throwing to him. Teams should be bad. They should be throwing. Um, but I don't know what to make of Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll tell you what Dizzle said about him. Um, off air shortly here on this on this program, but what do you think about Amon Ross St. Brown? Um, I think he's a very ordinary athlete um, who had an opportunity to show his skills at a fairly high level in college, and he got himself some attention. I I think I think he might be overdrafted in the NFL, 
and I think he might be overdrafted uh, finding his way onto the board here. I think there might be some other players that I would rather have. This can be disproven because uh, he could play faster than his time speed. He he appears to be a player that plays with confidence, and his and his pedigree would suggest that he'll be comfortable and have a good self-image of himself, and that will make a difference uh, in the way that he handles himself as a professional. So I, I'm not going to say that this player can't do it, but I can make a case uh, for a number of other players I would rather have this late in the draft. I just don't think the upside's there. FFPC co-founder and former uh, co-host of this uh, podcast, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, said that he's of the belief that these St. Brown guys, we know the story with them, right? I mean, the, the bodybuilder mm-hmm. um, who, um, who is their father, who married his wife based, you know, I don't want to say purely, but um, wanted to find a woman who would be great for breeding elite athletes. <laughs> um, and they certainly have. And, and Dizzle is of the opinion that he thinks that these, that these guys, that Equinemius St. Brown, I'm in St. Brown, I know there's another one too, that not necessarily they get coached up, but they, they bulk up and max out athletically. And that's why they early, and that's why they're able to dominate in college. But when they get to the pros and they're going up against the elite of the elite, they usually can't take that next step forward like a lot of other rookies do who are not maxing out athletically in, in college. So he's down on Amon Ross St. Brown, too. I'm with you, uh, more, more kind of in the middle. Like, I, I, I could see him being successful. I don't necessarily think it's all that likely, uh, especially on this team. But um, we've never seen, you know, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson, you know, Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, all on the same team before. Um, and it will be interesting to see what kind of offense develops from those guys all in the same field. Hey, we are done with this draft. Let's take you through the 18th round before Farrell and I get into some team analysis here. Um, the uh, first pick of the 18th round was Van Jefferson. So Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros go back-to-back Rams number three receivers, or number three and number four receivers, I guess. Jared Goff, the former Ram, goes to Robert and Robbie Russell after that. Big running back run here, Ramondre Stevenson to Jeff Ratcliffe. Daryl Williams off the board to Richie Nishura. Kenneth Gainwell to Pat Terrain followed by Samaje Pirine to Danny Miller and Justin Jackson. Davis Maddock from SportsGrid selects him. Moving forward for the rest of the round here, Nico Collins, another Texans receiver, to Hudson Kern-Reeve, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to Todd Burroughs, Taysen Hill and Jameis Winston, teammates in real life. They go back-to-back to separate teams here. Uh, John Kleinfelter and Dave Byer take Taysen Hill with the third-to-last pick, and it's Bob Lung taking Jameis Winston with the second-to-last pick. Christopher Herndon, the final pick, Mr. Irrelevant in this draft, maybe Mr. Irrelevant in the Jets' tight end room as well. Uh, more to come on that going forward as we try to flesh out that situation on the HSFF hour. But Christopher Herndon, the final pick of the draft, the number three tight end drafted by David Strumeyer, and it is in the books. As long as we are talking about David Strumeyer, let's analyze how he built his team tonight, Farrell. Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis, James Robinson, David Johnson, Jamal Williams, Philip Lindsay at running back, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Brashad Perriman, and Jamison Crowder at receiver. Tight ends are Tyler Higby, Mike Gesicki, and Christopher Herndon. I think I'm going to agree with a lot of the points that you made about Strumeyer throughout the program tonight. I love the fact that he didn't take a tight end in the first six rounds and still got tight end 10 and tight end 11 off the board in Higby and Gesicki in a best ball format. I think he's awesome at quarterback with Josh Allen. 
Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson as well. The running backs, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, I love McCaffrey. That covers up a lot of holes. And then you get Mike Davis, who could be a bell cow in Atlanta. You have James Robinson in Jacksonville, who technically we don't know how ETN is going to be used. Robinson could be undervalued right now. And that's his number three running back. He then locks up the Texans' backfield, still has Jamal Williams, a guy who the uh, 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 Lions uh, running backs coach said was a 1B back. I think it was Anthony Lynn said he is the 1B there. Um, Receiver, I guess, is the question mark here for me. Jefferson, Brown, and Cooks, hey, that's great your first three but Marvin Jones Brashad Perriman Jamison Crowder not so sure after that and 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 I think that's you got to be weak somewhere I think that's where Strumeyer's weak here is the wide receiver depth yeah I think we started bragging about him after Philip Lindsay and it went to his head he went out and got Perriman and he went out and got Watson (laughs) that we don't know about Crowder and Herndon who I want to believe in and I got no reason to think that that uh, I wouldn't have made that same um, play there. I think there are receivers that in the Jets' room that I would have liked to have taken a risk on. Keelan Cole plays with a lot of confidence, caught a lot of balls at Jacksonville. I think Jameson Crowder's days uh, in New York are as a complimentary player now and not the same kind of receiver that we've seen in the past. I think the team's going a different direction. Young coach, uh, a uh, young offensive coordinator, a defensive-minded coach who's turned it over to a young uh, coordinator. I think their moves through the draft and free agency suggest that uh, Jameson Crowder is not the same receiver that he was last year. Bob Long over at Big Guy Fantasy Sports kicks his draft off. Well, he didn't kick it off but with the quarterback position, but his quarterbacks are Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Jameis Winston. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Melvin Gordon, Naheem Hines. Uh, receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, John Brown, Demarcus Robinson, Alan Lazard. Tight ends are Dallas Goddard, Jared Cook, and Zach Ertz. Um, I, you know, it's, it's weird that he built the running backs the way he did, but I think he explained himself very well, and I think he, you know, they're very, very good. Might be the best in the league with Elliott, Montgomery, and Dobbins here. Uh, quarterback, I think, is going to be fine with Murray Carr and Winston. The tight end position, now, I mean, it sounds like Ertz is probably going to be back with Philly. I mean, that news could change tomorrow. Who knows? But he gets Goddard and Ertz here to lock up the the Philly situation. And I like Jared Cook uh, as well out in Los Angeles. So I think tight end, he's going to be good. I like the receivers that he took here, some of them. Smith-Schuster, Boyd, Landry, uh, love all those guys. Michael Thomas, I'm not so sure, but he is a pick-to-win type player. Uh, Again, I wouldn't be taking him in the eighth round. Um, so I, I think that's the question mark for me. But I think this is a fairly traditional Bob Lung consistency draft. Uh, we, we see a lot of players on here being selected ahead of ADP because of what they've been able to do over the course of the last few years, not just last year. Uh, I don't like the Landry pick at all, Bucky. I think that uh, Landry's numbers suggest that you could – they're steady, but I don't think steady wins the day or wins this league here. I happen to like the Thomas pick. Uh, I trust that he will return after six games. That will give him 11 games in this format uh, to find his pace. And uh, we've talked endlessly about uh, how I believe the head coach in New Orleans can make a receiver and, and, and design a, a uh it's his purpose to design a game where, hey, we're going to feed the ball to this player. We saw it last year with Kamara. We saw it last year with Sanders. Um, we even uh, we saw it with Callaway. 
before he got hurt. This is a very, very um, elite wide receiver that he's picking up here in the eighth uh, round. And if he has, if he has an elite wide receiver for eighth round draft capital for eleven games in this format, I think that's a smart move. Uh, John Kleinfelter and Dave Byer, let's see how many smart moves they made tonight with their squad. Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, and Taysom Hill at quarterback, running back, Dalvin Cook, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Malcolm Brown, and Boston Scott. Receivers, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, Devontae Parker, Travis Fulgham, and the tight ends are Logan Thomas, Irv Smith, and O.J. Howard. Farrell, I don't have a whole lot of quarrel with, with this team. Um, I know that you love Gaskin. I know that you love Raheem Mostert. So certainly uh, the running back situation there is probably good for you. I think it's all right for me as well. The Adams pick, I mean, you gotta, it, it goes with the risk of Rodgers, but you're also getting him at the end of the second as opposed to the end of the first, which is where he was going before the Rodgers stuff started. Um, but I think this is a very balanced team. I, I like this squad put together by Kleinfelter and Bayer. I like it. My guys quit on me for the 16th, 17th, and 18th round. I don't like those picks at all. Boston Scott's a giant <laughs> killer. I like I like to get T.Y. Hilton because um, he gets to play Houston twice, and so I'll make a case for Boston Scott. He gets to play the Giants twice because he's a noted giant killer. But I don't think there's enough opportunity. We've discussed the, uh, the, the only place to own A.J. Howard. Um, is in a best ball concept, and so I can live with that. Um, I don't necessarily understand why Taysom Hill is being drafted, especially when you have Stafford and Tannehill. I can think of wide receivers that are going to catch 60 balls maybe more towards the end of the year than the first of the year uh, that would help this team uh, more than Travis Fulgham is, although you know I admire Travis a great deal. Uh, Todd Burroughs, a guy that we admire a great deal at Best Ball NFL on Twitter. His squad ended up with Lamar Jackson and Matt Ryan at quarterback. DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Darrington Evans at running back. The receivers are Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Antonio Brown, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Terrace Marshall, Brian Edwards, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and then the tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Cole Komet, and Hayden Hurst. This is, um, I don't want to say a more traditional um, best ball split mm-hmm. build, but I think we can see what Todd Burroughs was doing here. He took value in the first couple rounds, built up the running backs early after that, and then took a lot of receiver darts, which should be successful, you would think, by and large, going forward over a 17-game season. I think Cole Komet, uh, late in the 13th, I think that's a great pick. I like the Hayden Hurst pick in the 17th round. I know you do too, Farrell. So this is another, again, Todd Burroughs, a lot of experience drafting these teams, and it certainly showed with the squad he built tonight. I think so, too. I don't think I can add much to that, Balky, except uh, I'll bring the intention to uh, Antonio Brown. What round did he get, Antonio? Antonio Brown went in the eighth round. Yes, eighth round. And we talked more about Marquise Brown. But anyone that watched uh, Tampa Bay, which is everyone that watches football, anyone that watched Brady throw after the bye week realized that the downfield passing game became alive. And Antonio Brown is going to thrive in that situation when they pick up where they left off. I think that's a fascinating pick right there. It's it's a team that has a lot of, uh, what's the terminology, mouths to feed. But you know what? Not a lot of those mouths can get open downfield like Antonio Brown can. You are right with that. Uh, totally dead on accurate. And that was um, the uh, was, was Todd Burrow's team. Let's move on. 
to the defending, one half of the defending champs here, Hudson Kern Reeve at the five spot. Uh, he is defending his title with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow as his quarterbacks. Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, Latavius Murray, J.D. McKissick, and Tevin Coleman at running back. Receivers are Jamar Chase, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Rashad Bateman, Tyrell Williams, Nico Collins, tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron. This is a really good team, Farrell. Really good team. Yeah. He gets the early top. First, he gets Kamara falling to him at, at five, which I think is great. He gets two high-volume running backs early. He gets a uh, what, what could be a, an excellent and elite tight end in Kyle Pitts here in the third. He gets the number one quarterback off the board, and he still locks up his Saints backfield. He still gets Nico Collins and Tyrell Williams in the 17th and 18th rounds, which I think is awesome, not to mention Tevin Coleman in the 16th. By and large, I'm not a huge fan of the Mike Williams pick, but I get that the, the Chargers might be using him a little bit differently in the new offense this year. But I just look at this team that there's not a whole lot of holes, and I think he was fortunate to get enough value falling to him, and he took advantage every single time it did. I would have drafted Pittman ahead of Williams, but lo and behold, Pittman slides to him. When he comes around, we've already spoke about uh, Hunter Henry. Maybe I could have found somebody better than Bateman and Ebron to pick. I think I could, but those players I don't think will score often for him. Um, In the 17th round, Tyrell Williams, I bet Tyrell Williams scores three or four times for him in the year. And uh, hard to say with Nico Collins, but why not uh, give that player um, give that player a shot in the last round. We've talked about him potentially being this, the number two wide receiver uh, for the Texans. And, you know, the Latavius Murray here, that's the great thing about Kamara. Uh, you get to back him up with a running back, despite the fact that Latavius is 31 years old. He has standalone value, and his value, with as, as in the value of all Saints, uh, was increased with the, the early uh, season uh, non-availability of uh, – Michael Thomas. We have about 11 minutes or so left in the show. We'll try to rip through these last few teams for you, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Russell Wilson and Justin Fields go to Davis Maddock as his quarterback. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Javante Williams, James White, Devontae Booker, Justin Jackson at running back. Receivers, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, Nicole Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Sammy Watkins. Tight ends, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, and Austin Hooper. Davis Maddock was re- Responsible, at least in part, for pushing the receivers up the board tonight, Farrell. He took some, uh, some, some home run picks at running back late with Devontae Booker and Justin Jackson. Uh, there's going to have to have some injuries there for those guys to come through. But I love his quarterbacks. I think waiting on tight end, like he did, he still ended up doing very, very well there with Engram, Everett, and Hooper. Um, the question is the running back depth. Are they going to come through? Because the receivers will carry you um, so far. But can they carry you all the way with those running backs? Uh, Trey Sermon is is a gamble. We talked about Mostert uh, not being available, so Sermon should get touches. He's a tough in-between-the-tackle runner. Um, Gus Edwards, the same situation, the same description. Um, I, I think this... Uh, I think this team uh, – well, I'm looking at the wrong column. <laughs> Apology. Uh, <laughs> McCall Hardman, uh, I think the usefulness of this player has been uh, has been shown in the Super Bowl. I think uh, Evan Ingram could benefit from a heart transplant. I'd like him to play like he really wants to be on an NFL field. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Gerald Everett as being uh, my favorite pick. Um, 
at the tight end position and the tight end that is, is going to score here. We've already talked about Fields uh, in the show. We talked about Ruggs being a, a very good player and, and coming forward. Uh, good to pick up Booker here. We don't know when the availability of Barkley um, uh, will show its head in, in the 2021 season. So good job to pick up Booker. Uh, moving on to Danny Mueller's squad, Justin Herbert, Trey Lance are the quarterbacks. Running backs, Austin Eckler, Trey Sermon, Gus Edwards, Damian Williams, and Samanjay Pirine. Receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, Michael Gallup, Curtis Samuel, Elijah Moore, Jalen Rager, A.J. Green, Amon Ross St. Brown, tight ends, Mark Andrews, and Blake Jarwin. Farrell, you kind of touched on the, uh, the, the running backs already. I kind of agree with your assertion on both Sermon and Edwards. The Charger stack is live on this team. He's got a ton of great receivers. And I think the difference that separates uh, this team for me uh, than Davis, from Davis Maddox, even though I think both of these squads are similar builds, I happen to like the running backs uh, a little bit better uh, on Danny Mueller's mm-hmm. team, Edwards and Damian Williams. I've been grabbing Damian Williams in a lot of spots. I think Samaje P. Ryan is, consi- uh, is, is consistently underrated as the de facto backup to Joe Mixon as well. Danny Miller put on a, a clinic tonight, and I, I think that this team is, is going to be one of them to beat in this league. Well, sure, and I gotta like this team better now that I realize it's Danny's and I have my line right. But no, uh, I, I think I think Danny uh, put himself in the forefront of this league in the eighth, ninth, and tenth round with those three receivers: Gallup, Samuel, and Moore. Uh, I don't like his Trey Lance pick. I don't think that's going to help him. Blake Jarwin is a mystery to me, uh, and I can understand why people like him. Uh, there's there's players at the end of this draft that I would have done things I would have done differently, but I don't think you win these drafts at the end of them. Obviously, um, you can't argue with what he did and how he built this team um, in, in the first eleven rounds. It's impressive. Pat Corain, NBCSportsEdge.com. Uh, you have uh, Trevor Lawrence, Sam Darnold at the quarterback positions. Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, Giovanni Bernard, and Kenneth Gamewell at running back. Allen Robinson, D.J. Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, LaVisca Chenault, Rondale Moore, Gabriel Davis, De'Ami Brown at receiver. Darren Waller and Mo Alley-Cox are the tight ends. Uh, receivers, again, going to carry this team. Some of the best in the league uh, after we just got done talking about Maddock and Mueller's team. Uh, Kareem's is right up there as well. Running backs, I don't know. I mean, Dylan is a number three I love. Is a number two? Eh, I don't know. Tony Pollard, if Elliott goes down, yeah, sure. But if he doesn't, how much does he get on the field? Bernard, too, the logjam at the situation at, at running back in Tampa. Same thing you could say about Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Waller's going to be a stud. I don't know if I would have waited as long to draft a backup tight end uh, in getting Mo Alley-Cox there. But the receivers are good. The quarterbacks are a little shaky as well. Um, I don't know if I would have spread if I would have loaded up on receivers so much that I wasn't able to spread out depth to the other three positions, Farrell. I don't think Patrick is going to challenge with this team. Gabriel Davis is a player that we both admire, but with the acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders, how much will he get to do for the Buffalo Bills? Uh, Bernard, if he catch 50 passes, could be a nice complimentary player, but he's got to do more than that since he's the fourth running back. Mo Alley Cox and mystery. Yeah, I I don't. Uh, that's the the thing when you you put these glorious receivers on a club, and you get to the ninth round and you're looking for running backs. You've got to pick one that you're sure is going to play and sure is going to get touches with Dylan and Pollard. We don't have that. Moving on to Team Nine, Richie Nishura. 
Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Tariq Cohen, Daryl Williams at running back, Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen, Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, Russell Gage, T.Y. Hilton at receiver, Robert Tunyon, Rob Gronkowski, and Dalton Schultz at tight end. Um, I, I think the story here was, was what happened in round seven, Shepard, Beasley, and then Gage, seven, eight, nine. I'm not sure I understand that, especially the Shepard and the Beasley picks. It really hurts your receiver depth. Um, the, the tight ends, I'm not a Dalton Schultz guy. I think Jarwin is going to be the guy there this year. Tunyon and Gronk might be enough. I like waiting on quarterback and getting Cousins, Patrick, uh, Fitzpatrick, and Roethlisberger as your number three, uh, your, your three quarterbacks there. And the running backs are awesome, but Farrell, the receiver depth is going to be hurting on this team when you consider uh, that Nishura only drafted six wide receivers and his number three is Sterling Shepard. It is. I would have liked to have seen Kadarius Tony go to this club. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't appear that Tony was even drafted in this league. And I, uh, um, but that being said, with the seven, eighth, and ninth pick, you know, Shepard could easily catch 70 passes again. Beasley, uh, if he gets on the field in Buffalo or wherever he lands, is, is proved last year that he's an 80-catch guy. Russell Gage caught 72 passes last year. These guys don't excite us. They don't get our pulse moving. But they could uh, give him – um, uh, some of the numbers he needs, and then he really rallied. I think Gronkowski is your perfect, absolute perfect best ball tight end. Quarterbacks are great. T.Y. Hilton I would have drafted uh, earlier than the 14th round. So I think he rallied. And, then, you know, we talked earlier about Tariq Cohen actually being a slot receiver. Um, that reality may be moving more in that direction with the fact that Miller just uh, took his uh, game to the Houston Texans. So I think this uh, I think this team uh, definitely got better, and uh, there may be some real numbers in those receivers that we're poking holes at right now. Paid the noise, Jeff Ratcliffe uh, went with Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, and Zach Wilson as his quarterbacks. Saquon Barkley, Michael Carter, Zach Moss, Leonard Fournette, Chuba Hubbard, and Ramondre Stevenson at running back. Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis, Traquan Smith, Paris Campbell at receiver. Tight ends are TJ Hawkinson and Adam Troutman. Farrell, uh, this is a squad that uh, I think kind of depends upon the health of Saquon Barkley because if, if this guy starts off slow or is not himself, you're relying on guys like Carter, Moss, and Fournette to get it done, and that is not going to be enough to contend even though I love the quarterbacks, the receivers, and the tight ends on this squad. All of those running backs have players that are serious factors to cut into their playtime. Moss's biggest uh, problem to overcome is his uh, running quarterback who takes touchdowns away from him at the goal goal line. Corey Davis, uh, a good player. Aaron Rodgers is his ticket right here, his uh, lottery ticket. Um, no, I would have put this team together a little differently. Uh, tip of the cap to the Traquan Smith and Paris Campbell. Great late ads. Um, and uh, he likes his Giants, uh, you know, so that, that maybe these Giants will uh, come forward for him. Father and son duo of Robert and Robbie Russell picked 11th tonight. They used that column to select Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, and Jared Goff. Uh, running backs Najee Harris and Nick Chubb, Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake, Alexander Madison and Xavier Jones, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Devontae Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, Nelson Aguilar, and Jalen Guyton are the receivers. Tight ends are Noah Fant, uh, Anthony Ferkster, and C.J. Uzuma. Um, so you look at the squad, love the quarterbacks. I think he did a great job at mm-hmm. running back as well. The receivers, 
maybe not my favorite guys in the world. I mean, Evans Woods, sure. But Devontae Smith is your number three. He could be good. I guess I could be wrong about him. Um, and then uh, you have, Sam, I mean, Aguilar is fine. Uh, I know you like Guyton, Farrell. And then the tight ends, too. No offense, good, but I probably would have gone earlier than Anthony Ferkser to back him up. Um, so a, a, a team that I think has potential, not sure it has enough to, to take the whole thing down here. Uzuma's a better pick than Ferkser, I believe. And, and people, Uzuma's been around the league for five years, and he has not put it together. Um, and, and this could be his last hurrah. So I would be willing to bet on him. One of the receivers that I've talked about, in, in addition to Coney, uh, or Tony, is, is Josh Reynolds. And Josh Reynolds goes to um, the same Tennessee Titans. This is a player that caught 52 passes last year. I'm not so sure that Ferkser is, is going to be the number one target. Uh, Reynolds in the slot could add, uh, especially – uh, with the two um, all-pro receivers in Jones and, and A.J. Brown uh, taking down um, the, the, the defenses, it's a, it's a great situation that this slot receiver position could be very, very productive for Tennessee, and that's what I might have uh, gone for. I like Reynolds' hands. I like his ability to be slippery around the goal line and score touchdowns, 50 to 60 catches. Not going ca- to help you in this format, but uh, Reynolds could be a, uh, a surprise touchdown maker for uh, uh, Tennessee. Final team we will look at tonight is Mike Tagliar from Fantasy Pros. He ends up getting Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Tua Tungabailoa as his quarterbacks. Running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, Daryl Henderson, Ronald Jones, and Rashad Penny. Uh, receivers are Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, DJ Chark, Jalen Waddle, Jacoby Myers, Kristen Kirk, Deshaun Jackson, and uh, Van Jefferson. And then uh, the tight ends are George Kittle and Johnny Smith. So let me just talk a little bit where I'm coming from on, on this squad. Hurts, Wentz, Tungabailoa. I don't worry about those that triumvirate at quarterback. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I throw it out the window as quarterback being a concern for this game. The running backs, I like Taylor. I like Carson. You and I both like Henderson. We both think he went too low here, so that was a good pick. I personally am starting to like Ronald Jones a little bit more. Um, I, I feel like high stakes owners are have been undervaluing him. I think he's coming up in ADP a little bit right now, so I like him as your number four running back. And then, of course, Rashad Penny to go along with Chris Carson. We obviously see what the strategy was there. Um, Odell Beckham is your number two uh, receiver. I think I'm more of a fan of that than the hive mind right now. I I think a lot of people would tell you that that's not going to be good enough at your second receiver. Um, I know the emphasis is on LaVisca Chenault in Jacksonville right now, but I think DJ Chark, you can't overlook him with the best quarterback he's ever had in his career. Um, I don't like Myers. I'm not a Christian Kirk guy, but to lock up Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson on a team that should be throwing the ball a lot, that helps out your receivers. And I think Kittle and Jonu Smith are, are really good as well. So if you peel back the onion a little bit on Tagliere's team, I think we get inside of his mind a little bit right here, and, and I see what he was doing, and I happen to agree with, with a good portion of it. Very cleverly built team, and yes, drafters are what... I don't understand what Ronald Jones has to do. A young player with approaching a thousand yards rushing he caught some balls 28 last year he scored a lot of touchdowns a very very young player he'll come back and play with more confidence everyone's uh obviously focusing on what fournette did in the playoffs and hey that's what you do in the playoffs you put your guys that have been there before and you your wily veterans and you give them this chance to succeed and he did that ronald jones is player of the future with tampa and i i'm uh i'm surprised that uh uh, this drafter was able to get huge value on Jones, 
and huge value on Henderson. He's going to be rooting for the Rams, I can tell you that. Uh, we I know we went a little overtime tonight, so if you are listening live, um, this you, your your sound will not work, but this will be um, on the uh, podcast uh, as well, so you can download that shortly here and listen to the last few minutes of the show. Um, one thing we never want to do is cut off the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, <laughs> Farrell Elliott, because it does not give him ample opportunity to tell you that if you're looking for another event to play this year, go to kffsc.com and register now for those main event teams, whether it be online, whether it be live in Cincinnati, whether it be live in Louisville, it is going to be a blast. Cannot wait for that. kffsc.com, plenty of spots still available there. And, of course, if you want to uh, give Farrell a ring, 502-523-5057, he'll tell you everything you need to know about that. And I can vouch for it. It is an amazing event. I love it every year. Can't wait to do it again this year. Farrell, and I cannot wait to do this show with you again tomorrow night, man. We'll be after it, Balky. Thank you. We'll try to be a little more brief. Yes. Well, brevity is not our strong suit, but, hey, it's more fantasy football analysis. The people love it, and the people love you. We love having you, Farrell, on this show, and we'll talk to you again in, you know, about 20 or so hours. Thank you, buddy. See you then. At J. Farrell Elliott on Twitter, at KFFSC on Twitter, KFFSC.com is where you can hook up with Farrell. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we went a little over time tonight, but thank you so much for listening. Do not forget tomorrow, the deadline for the 2021 FFPC main event early draft slot announcement. If you have your teams paid off in full, you're going to get your draft slot on August 1st and find out exactly where you're going to be attacking that $500,000 grand prize. First spot, fourth spot, fifth spot, 12th spot, who, wherever, what spot, you'll find out on August 1st. So square those balances away at myffpc.com. We will be back at it tomorrow for Magic Man League number five. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go on the air at 9, 8 central tomorrow. Um, the Joes tomorrow, J.C. Gifford, Jeffrey Berger, Dan Polner, uh, Keith Douglas, Steve McMahon, Beth Riches. You heard her on this program a couple of weeks ago. Bill and Don Azell and Michael Apt, the former Football Guys Players Championship overall winner. Those will be the Joes making up the pros tomorrow. Jim Coventry from Rotowire. Peter Overzet uh, at Ship Chasing um, and all the things he does, including having a really good Scott Fishball draft. He's in my league. Doug Orth from uh, FantasyFootballToday.com. Uh, Hussein Aksu from FantasyCouch.com will be among the pros, as will Jared Smola from Draft Sharks and Jake Seeley from The Athletic. That all starts at 9, 8 central tomorrow. Final reminder, remember to register for the inaugural best ball tournament today at myffpc.com. Only $125 to enter, and you can win $100,000. Dynasty Startup's still going strong. If you want to get into some Dynasty action, or maybe you want to get hooked up with the Football Guys Players Championship, take your swing at a half million bucks there. You can do that at myffpc.com. $400 off. Uh, uh, each main event, each additional main event team you add onto your account today, the best deal we have all year. So don't forget about getting in um, before that draft uh, draft slot deadline expires. Your week starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
Yeah, I should say that too. Like, um, you know, for people who put a deposit down, you have to square your balances away. But even if you didn't put a deposit down on your FFPC main event team, if you just want to pick one up, you can pay for it in full by midnight Pacific tomorrow, and you will get your draft slot on August 1st. So just to clear that up, you know, just because you haven't put a deposit down doesn't mean you cannot get in on this. And obviously, who wouldn't want their uh, draft slot a month ahead of time? Not only can you start prepping for who you're probably going to be looking at in the first round, you can look at who you're getting in the second round as well and start formulating those teams. We're back at it tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Have an enjoyable week, and we'll talk to you uh, in about 23 hours. Thanks for listening, everybody.